What are we doing it for? We're doing it for the culture. Okay, okay, okay. So I have a wonderful question that my partner and I took some time to think think through. But um, this question that I'm going to throw out there, let me, let me get my notes together. How would you react if one of your children came out to you as gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender? You go first. Oh, all right. <laughs> I think that's a, that's a very important question given the, you know, the, um, you know, what's going on in, in our society today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think number one, before I answer your question, I will say this, <clears throat> that the importance of dialogue between child and parent mm. is one of the most important things that I, as a father, uh, see um, as very valuable. Mm-hmm. And so um, to answer your question, the relationship that you know, we have built with our children is very open. That's and true. When it comes to subjects such as education, work, career, family, mm. future, um, that's a that's a question that we talk about all the time. Mm-hmm. Is if one of our children do come up, so you asking this question to us this morning is not shocking mm. because it's a discussion that's already been had between myself mm. and my wife. Oh wow! And so, if one of our children did approach us and you know, provided this information. The number one thing that comes to mind is love. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's love. It mm. it ain't nothing else. And um, those conversations, if happen, um, you know, we accept it and we work through it. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Mm. What does that mean for you as an individual? What does it mean for us as parents? Mm-hmm. And how do we work through those, um, mm-hmm. you know, those feelings? And, um, you know, the one thing that's important to us also is that, you know, in our Pacific Islander community, when these terms and so-called behaviors that people label them as Mm -hmm. uh, come up, it's either you're in or you're out. There is no in between. Mm -hmm. And so uh, for us, doors open. Where else are you going to go if you can't come home? You know what I'm saying? Mm. And so um, our... Um, dialogue is create a safe space for our children. Uh, if that happens, they come through. Mm. We provide love. We provide support. Mm. And whatever that looks like, mm-hmm. we address it and we keep moving. Mm-hmm. Um, That's what's up. Uh, I don't think uh, there's any question. It's just, uh, you know, between parent and child, you have to have that dialogue and conversation in order for that relationship to grow and bloom in whatever path that looks like you know what i'm saying mm. Mm. so um i mean that's just a little bit of what i think man but yeah i think you know uh, whatever i think you answered it i have similar feelings i think for me the most important piece of of that dialogue is that they understand that they will always be my child mm. i will love them regardless mm-hmm. of what happens or what path they choose mm-hmm. that mm. i will always be their father always be there for them mm-hmm. And accept them for who they are mm. and that they should never be ashamed of who they become or what 
path they choose. Mm-hmm. Mm. Hopefully, as a parent, they rem- they remember the the teachings that ha- has been given to them throughout their childhood and the love and the nurturing, all of that. Mm. But in the end, they do have to make a decision on who they want to be. Mm. Yeah. And as a father, I will always accept and love my child regardless of what happens. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's up. You know, what's interesting is uh, if you were to ask this question 20, 25 years ago, it would, um, it would mm. almost be taboo, mm. you know, but in the 21st century, we have different views. Mm. Uh, there's different access. There's different exposure. Mm. And I think uh, millennials today, they're learning how to exercise their agency in a way that allows them to uh, to be open, to be mm. free. Yeah. Um, I think in the PI community, uh, more specific to your question, um, a lot of times we teach first um, instead of loving first. And so I think Ooh, if you if you love when 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 we love something or someone, mm-hmm. then we're able to teach them. <laughs> yeah, right. <Snap>. Right. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. Okay. That's you know, and so spoken. <laughs> and so I just want to reframe that, and you know, because honestly, I have I still have young kids. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, you know I started. I'm a late bloomer. I had kids in my 30s. Mm, so my da- so my daughter's seven. Smart. My son is six, and Smart. I have a four year old. Mm. Right. And so I, you know, I was struggling, not um, not with this particular question, but just identity. Right. Trying to figure out who I was in the 21st century. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I had to realize that, um, you know, I grew up in a home where my parents, they loved me first. Mm. Right. Mm. And then they taught me whether it was gospel principle, whether it was uh, cultural values, Mm -hmm. the core values of our home. And and those are the same uh, lessons mm. that I'm going to carry on and teach my children, right? Because I want them to, to feel empowered and I want them to exercise their agency in a way that's going to allow them to be open-minded, right? You're preaching, preaching. Come huh? on. For real, for real. Which, oh, which home you grew up in? <laughs> <laughs> was, this a, was this a doctor yeah, one? Yeah, yeah, he's the youngest. He's the youngest. The youngest, the youngest one's coming yeah, with that wisdom. You're up, dropping gems here. Oakland, California, town business. <laughs> I feel like I'm in the church right now. What a Kanye music. (laughs) You know know what Richie Rich said, the rapper from Oakland? (laughs) If you're scared, go to church. (laughs) (laughs) Fake A in the building. One thing I really loved about what you just said was that, you know, love was taught. Love was kind of given before it was taught, you know. And I, there was, um, there was like this quote that I learned from school, <laughs> but um, a professor taught, you know, taught about love and he spoke exactly um, that. He said, love is caught, not taught. And that's like, um, that's a, that's a, that's an amazing thing to hear, especially from Pacific Islander. Men like you, are you all brothers? We're brothers. Yeah. yeah. And and you were just the one that got that extra love from your parents. I guess because so. like, <laughs> the youngest, the youngest, yeah. He's the, the older one got all, all the good. You know, you were all the tangible. You were the golden <laughs> child, huh? Hey, we were the ones that were like, "Yo, there's the door." Hit it. <laughs> no, but all three of you. We spoke, all were experiments. Yeah, first. it yeah. seems like all three of you are speaking from that place, though, from nurturing parents who were mm-hmm. very attentive, that loved you, that that was very intentional about inserting love within all three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So well, you know what's crazy is that um, what I what I see now today is that young people. Um, when I say young people, I'm I'm referring to millennials, mm. right? Millennials now, from my perspective, 
they're uh, they don't feel the love anymore. They're they're looking for love somewhere else mm-hmm. because they're not feeling it at home. Mm-hmm. So they're allowing other people to teach them things about their culture that they should just be taught in their own backyard. Yeah, which is crazy because our Pacific Island. Pacific Islander culture, that's, that's all it is, is love, right? We, mm-hmm. we teach that, we vocalize it. and, um, and At least that's what it's supposed to be. That's what it's supposed to be. That's what we talk about, that right? Because, yeah. you know, that could be, I mean, uh, that could be very, uh, what's it called? It could be very romanticized. Uh, right. Like, that's, that's what we are supposed to, uh, that's how it's supposed to be taught in the home is, is love and culture and all these things are supposed to be given in that way but that's not the case for for, for all our you know all our families and stuff yeah, yeah. so let's uh, let us bounce that question back to y'all right mm-hmm. and uh, you know how did <laughs> that, go first? Go how ahead, that conversation I mean, happen in your own homes you know how did what did that look like yeah I mean well for me I wouldn't I mean I don't necessarily want to have kids once upon a time I did uh, but I think growing up and being becoming an adult and seeing how the world is and what's required of us all i personally don't want to have my own children but that doesn't mean i don't have you know my nieces and nephews and kids that are up under me that i that i love as my own but if i were to have you know any of these kids come up to me and whether they were gay straight uh bi or they wanted to be trans you know i would accept them with loving arms and be and support them and and be a resource for them and go go to different things with them just because like y'all said right it has to be uh that has to be done in love and I want them to know that they have somebody that they could rely on to to support them if if they're not receiving that from their parents right mm-hmm. yeah and it was really impactful to hear y'all response because when y'all were talking it made me think about when I when I came out to my parents, I came out to them separately. Um, and I came out to my mom when I was still trying to figure shit out. Mm. Right? Yeah. And then I came out to my pops last. And it was around the time when I wanted to start doing a podcast, right? I was like, damn, I got to talk to my pops about this because I want to have these conversations. And I don't want him to find out just, be, just you know, yeah. from listening to yeah. this. I want right. to have the face-to-face with him. Yeah. Um, and I prepared myself for the worst mm. because growing up, I, you know, I knew how he felt about, about gay people. I heard all the homophobic, uh, terms and things yeah. like yeah. that, yeah. you know? So I just already knew like, he ain't gonna fuck with me. You know, he's gonna disown me and all this shit. So I'm just going to prepare for that. Right. But when I talked to him, um, it was the complete opposite. You know, he was like, I'll always love you. I would never reject you. I don't agree with uh you know how you want to live your life i don't agree with uh homosexuality you know he's still you know in that mindset and uh being where i was in life at that time is like i'll accept that you know because even for you to say that that's a lot yeah like just to say that you love me still and that you wouldn't reject me Mm. we good Yeah. yeah you not understanding this shit and all that like okay that's work and maybe we'll, maybe you'll never understand it. Maybe you'll never accept it. But just to get past that part, it was good for me. Mm. Cool. Yeah. That's yeah. What's up. I'm, and I think when I came out to my family, and um, especially with that conversation with my dad, 
my dad's a lot more old school so he's you know when i told him dad um i have a friend <laughs> you know when i was introducing <laughs> to my partner at the time my dad i don't know it was hard for me to kind of to 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 fig- to read my dad to see if he fully understood what, what I meant by friend because he still calls like my partner or my partner at that time. He had called her a friend. And, you know, it'd be, you know, I just right. have to kind of go according to like how my dad understands it, you right. know, but he was very open to it. I mean, he didn't uh, fully embrace it the way I, I would love him, him for him to embrace it. But the way he accepted, you know, um, just like our lifestyle, the way we were just kind of living every time we came to an event or when we took him to, to eat. Like my dad was very present, but he never acknowledged verbally. He never acknowledged yeah. us. But, right. you know, physically, he would just be like, OK, yeah, where's your friend? And yeah. I was like, OK, cool. As long as you know that part, that's cool. But it was it was an easy it was an easy thing. And just like Danny Boy, I was a little I was a very hesitant, very scared because I just Growing up, it was always something that was kind of shunned upon. Don't right. talk about it. That's, you you know, I, and I grew up in a very religious household. So that was always any any type of conversation that brought up, that mentioned the word um, homosexuality, it was a wrap. Right. You're going to hell. Yeah. Don't don't hang out with that person. Don't get around them. Like, mm-hmm. just stay away from your um, fafa auntie, uncle, you yeah, know? Yeah. So, like, yeah. that was always kind of like the narrative happening, you know, growing up. So... And that was always something that happened to me was I was always being corrected. You know what I mean? Like if there was any sign of femininity, right? If I sat with my legs closed, right. you know, just any kind of right, any right. kind of thing is like, hey, don't do that. And you know what's funny is like I grew up super tomboy too, and it's like, you know, I think my fa- my family's always been curious about like I wonder where she's gonna go. But I've always I I just used to always mask it with obviously my religion, you know, right. and I would always kind of just force that. You know, force my like tomboy ways back into like being girly, and I'm like, this shit is cool, but I'm like, I'd rather go back to being tomboy, you know. <laughs> but even in that, it's like they seen it. They yeah. see. I mean, I was really rocking with the boys, riding yeah. my skateboard around, <laughs> going to go swimming with no shirt on, like, yeah, beating up, up the boys <laughs> up until a certain age, though. Yeah, right? Up until a certain age, beating up the boys. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so uh. it was just you know like, hello, you guys. I already guys gave you guys hints. Like right. you can't say I didn't give you guys that. But yeah, the conversation was good. Like, like we all have different experiences. Everyone has a different story, but Danny Boy and I have, were fortunate to kind of have that. But know? I think that's a big thing, though, is that you you hit it on the nail with the whole like uh, growing up in religious yeah. homes, right? Yeah. And how religion is used to manipulate, um, to to hate. Not not to, not to hate. I don't want to say to hate, but to to be home. I guess homophobic. Yeah, to condition yeah. a way of thinking. Yeah, to sure. condition folks, right? Like yeah. this is a sin. This is the ultimate sin. So don't don't live that lifestyle, right? Like like how I said with my pops and how you know, he has this old school not old school, but just this conservative way of thinking about homosexuality and always going back to the Bible. But it's like, yeah. bruh, you are you really living your life according? <laughs> yeah, right. Have you lived all of your life according to the Bible? Yeah. Right. You know what right. I mean. And not just my pops. I don't yeah. mean to single him out like that. You know, it's everybody. It's everyone. No, it's, yeah, it's real. Yeah. Hey. So did your relate? Seems like your relationships got changed, changed to become tighter or closer. Or am I misreading that? Yeah. It, I mean, like, yeah. I mean, me and my pops were way closer now than when I was younger. Yeah. Uh, and we don't really talk about it. But, you know, we've had a conversation here or there and we've been on opposite ends. And, you know, I try not to be I, I try not to work from where I'm at. I try to work from where he's at. Mm. 
and you know plant plant seeds or or like try to uh offer up different ways of thinking about things right but but you know and i think the beauty Mm -hmm. about about like just being pacific islander like i feel like when you have that relationship with a parent and you just again like how you all are with your children if you're really close and you're communicating whether it's something that you like hearing or not and take care of your parents i feel like the whole taking care part is really what's kind of winning over like at least with my relationship with my dad that's that's allowing my dad to be more accepting be more loving be more understanding but if i didn't have that um that intentional pursuit where i'm constantly going to my dad and like you know if i didn't really pursue my dad the way I'm doing now, I don't think that 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 level of acceptance and understanding would be there. Gotcha. Yeah. You know, so just yeah, and I think as a parent, I mean, there, I mean, there's hints and there's little yeah. uh, indicators that you could tell about your child, right? That no other person knows. Yes. And it's important that you have those those conversations when you see something. Because for me, as as a parent, like I I know when something's going on yeah. with my kid, even yeah. if they don't say anything. Mm-hmm. Because you know your kids so well, you're like, hey, what's going on with you? You know, and I think very few of us are having those kinds of conversations early on with our kids. Well, mm-hmm. let's talk about that. What if your son was just, you woke up and he and he was wearing a dress? What what would that conversation look like? Yeah, I'd be like, hey, what's going on? With, you know, what's going on with you today? <laughs> you know, and I mean, it'll, it just, it'll start from there. Usually I like to start it off with something funny. Right. <laughs> Kind of like break the ice, break the uh, yep, and then from there, kind of work my way into what's really going on, right. yeah. so that he doesn't feel threatened, mm. or they don't feel threatened, or they feel defensive, yeah, but right. that they understand. You know, my pops is open; he's asking me, so I'm gonna go ahead and share with him what's going on yeah. with me. That's sweet, and that's the I, I think the biggest challenge is that many of us, many households, and I'm not judging; I'm just saying that we often have this uh, vision of how to raise our children mm-hmm. and and we want to do it from a very early age but sometimes that work hasn't been put in the first 10 years of their lives mm. and then we're trying to jump in right. 10 years later but that relationship wasn't developed right and so we have a harder time creating those channels of communication with our children when it should have started when they were young yeah. right and so i see a lot of challenge with even with students today that mm-hmm. we work with is you know they express a lot of those feelings to us i mean we're family on from pi we're family but in regards to what they should be sharing with their chi- with their parents we're like yo that that conversation should yeah. be had how come your parents yeah. don't know about yeah. this you know and so because they're gonna get mad they're gonna get they're pissed gonna get off i'm gonna get hit you know? over there. yeah <laughs> and, so, and, they, and that's how it be you know yeah. like i think it's good that these the students that you work with have you all to turn to to be able to open mm. up because maybe that's their first point of being able to do that yeah you know so that's really uh that's really yeah. important that's really special and and uh really effective you know to have to feel yeah. like comfortable that you have someone that you could share your true self with because that's how that's how this began with me it was i was opening up to other people before yeah. i was even anywhere near you know Talking to my family about it, right? Especially because you know f- my family always kumumud or, or like they whispered under their uh, under their breath about right. like is he isn't he you know this and that. But mm. um, when I finally came to it to do it, it was because I had a lot of support from uh, PIs who were doing work similar to what y'all do mm. right? uh, that created space and allowed space for someone like me to do that. Well, you know, um, 
just just because we we work in the education field um education is power mm. right mm-hmm. because we have access to it yeah. And so where there's access, there's opportunity. Mm. And so young people now are starting to figure out where they are in life, not just because I think a lot of kids today, they, they have dual identities, right? They, mm. they, they're one way when they're at the crib and then when they leave home, there's somebody else. Mm-hmm. And so um, my question, not to refer the question back to you, but I feel like just for the listeners, um, what was the breaking point for you? Like, what empowered you to say, hey, this is who I am. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to address it with my parents. Because I feel like a lot of young people today, they're, mm-hmm. they're at that breaking point, but they don't know how to break it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. they don't know how to have the breakthrough, okay. right, about, hey, this is going to be my life. Yeah. I want to live my lifestyle like this. Mm-hmm. And I just want people to accept it. Yeah. Right. And so and it prevents them from progressing. Exactly. Because they're just idle. They're at a standstill. They're standing at the crossroads. Which way do I go? Yeah. So, I mean, so for me, that's a really great question. Thank you for asking that. Because I had opened up to a friend of mine about this and he 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 told me that I was tripping. And he told me that my you know what I told him. It, it couldn't have been that way. Mm-hmm. So um, I think I was about like 24, 25. This is when I was thinking about going back to school because I, right after high school, I went to community college. I went to a few of them, and then I dropped out, and I went to work. And then wasn't feeling work and was thinking about going back to school. But at the same time, I was dealing with all of these uh, <laughs> feelings and emotions, um, and I, you know, there was a lot of... Uh, what do you call that? I, I like was having suicidal ideation. Mm. You know what I mean? Like thinking about taking my life because just what I was feeling, just because of what I was experiencing like that, it wasn't, um, I didn't want to live like that. Yeah. And I felt I had a, I had like an epiphany one time where I really felt like it was God telling me that I you know, you need to live your life the way that you, the way that I made you, you know what I mean? The way that, you were created, and I had this feeling of like, I don't know, I don't know how you say it. I had this moment, you know, mm. where I was just like, shit, I hear you, you know, I feel it. And I was, I was in a relationship at the time mm. with the woman, you mm. know, and I loved her. Yeah, yeah. I loved her. It was real. All of that was real. But I always had this, you know, I always had that in me. And uh, it was at that moment where I started to, I started to like accept it. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't, that didn't break the ground or anything like that, but that just allowed me to push through and continue living the way I was to figure out what that path looked like for me to, mm-hmm. to go down because I didn't, I didn't come straight out after that, right? I still continued on with life. We're still thinking about it, figuring out, suppressing it. Um, but that moment was the moment I knew where I had to, I had to do something. Yeah, that's power. So was the it feeling? Was the feeling liberated? Did you feel free when you finally? Like, uh, yeah, I, it, the feeling was, it was um, everything. I mean, I cried. You yeah. know, I, like when I feel like when people go up to the altar. You know, when they have altar call, and they, you know, maybe, yeah, surrender their life. Yeah. You know, yeah. they they become born again. It was yeah. kind of like light. those. What do you call that? It was like a cathartic moment, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. Where like I felt awakened. I felt 
I felt like I was being honest. I felt true. Mm. But mm. I didn't have all the tools necessary to be able to hold that mm. and figure that shit out, right? Yeah. And so I think it was like going back to school, being exposed to these different spaces, being exposed to Pacific Islanders who mm. were living their life out. You know, like yeah. they were they were out, they were um, hella queer, you know, and I think just having that, that exposure helped me... Um, get to the point of where I am now. Yeah. 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 That's what's up. And just to add on, even to like what you, what you asked, you know, I feel like, you know, there's never, um, you know, we can never expect that the first initial reaction to be the final reaction, you know? So right. like when you're sharing with the parent or when someone has the courage to come out, you know, like we can't just base that first reaction and like, this is it, you know, like we're never going to have relationship, you know, right. like it's a, it's a process. Like for my dad, it was, it was a process. Like, and I had to be very patient and very gentle with that process. You know, it wasn't like just open arms. Here's my yeah. queer daughter. Yeah. Welcome. You know, yeah. Yeah. it was an ongoing thing that, you know, as we hung out and as he, I exposed my lifestyle to him, he was beginning to process whatever it is that wasn't, you know, sitting right with him. And, you know, learning how to accept it and learning how to embrace, you know, <clears throat> my father didn't embrace me like that. Right away. Mm. Right away. Yeah. And <clears throat> again, and for us who are, you know, sharing these stories and, and and telling our parents, hey, I'm coming out. Like, we have to also be sensitive, not only just to those who are, who are telling, but we have to be sensitive to those, you know, to our parents, That's to right. our friend. Because... We got to let them sit with that truth, yeah. you know, we, we have to give them time to process, you know, and it's just, it's just about learning how to read, right, you know, and, yeah. and, and, and giving each other, you know, the, just the, that, that space to process, because it just doesn't happen so quickly. That's mm -hmm. why it's like, I know we are, our, our answer is always like, of course I'd love and, and do this, but there are going to be other feelings that right. come like, shoot, this is not what I had planned for my child. This is not how I seen it, but let me sit with these feelings and be right. open about it. Like, yeah. hey, hey, you know, son, let me sit with these feelings. Yeah. I hear you. I know that I love you, but let me process this and let me figure out how first I can accept it and love it <clears throat> before I support you. Yeah. Well, I, I also think that's part of our responsibility, of right, course. is to school the old school. Yeah. Right. On cultural sensitivity. Yes. Because the old school um, is very narrow minded. They they only see what they know. Mm -hmm. Right. They don't see they don't have the same exposure opportunities as we do. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we have to go back home and school them on being sensitive to not only the culture of the PIs, but the culture that we live in in the Bay or in right. Oakland or, you know, wherever you call home mm -hmm. because there's culture there too. Yeah. And so right. sometimes we forget to school people on what's going on in the streets or at school mm. because they only know what's happening in the islands or what's right in front of them. Yeah, yeah. and that, yeah. that would be an interesting conversation to have <laughs> because <laughs> to retrain an elder yeah. in the way of thinking, especially when we want to say, you know, sit with them um, and in a conversation that involves culture, like they're, they're going to be like, you're yeah. the insensitive one, you know? Right. So it's like, it's a, th that would be an interesting conversation. Well, to I like mean, it's, you think about smartphones, through. right? Like my mom, my mom, my mom and dad, like, introducing them to cell phones. My mom got an iPhone, 
I think her iPhone's better than mine. <laughs> right? Barely, so we, she just she barely got on the yeah, iPhone. But then, yeah, but, but we had to teach her, right? Yeah. We had to mm-hmm. teach her, hey, mom, this is how you FaceTime. How this you is text. how you call. Mm-hmm. This is how you text, mm-hmm. right? That's our responsibility of teaching the old school yeah. on what's happening today, mainstream. Yeah, but culture is, is, is not a cell phone, though. Right. You know, it's, it's very yeah. hard to, to re, reteach yeah. you know, yeah. uh, our, our OGs about what's going on. But I, I mean, I, I love what uh, Beck said about we, we can't dismiss um, the process mm-hmm. and right. the time that it takes for them to understand what's going on. Because we got to give them that space, too. Yeah. We yeah. can't just be like, you got to love me. I'm your son. I'm your daughter. It's like, <laughs> yeah. give them some time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's gonna, yeah. it's, over time, you got to work this. You got to yeah. know how to. You know how to work this and go through the process. Yeah. But also, but I'll speak from a place from you know on, you know on the, uh, the, ch- the 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 child that's coming out end. Yeah. I think if if my parent you know was not able to process, I think one thing that I I look for in that moment is just validation. Yeah. yeah. Just look at me and say yeah. I I, I love you. That's right. And I love you as yeah. my and I love you as my gay son. Yeah. Let yeah. me just process this. You know, acknowledging yeah. that I am identifying as this gay person or as this queer or transgender just acknowledge if my parent could if my parent would have acknowledged that moment and that truth that i'm identifying at that moment that's that i can walk away and be like go ahead process for a year (laughs) process for however long you want you just acknowledged me as what i identify as right but it's just gonna be a different it's gonna be another story when you you start coming around with a partner yeah (laughs) (laughs) a friend a friend a friend a friend friend. no a best friend (laughs) (laughs) but yeah that's just something that you know like you know just put out there just like just don't dismiss yeah. that conversation That's that right. courage you know yeah. because it takes a lot for us to come to a place where we're like hey yeah. we're coming out and we're going to straight to our parent hey yeah. I just long for that validation just acknowledge me as what I'm identifying as right, at, right now in this moment and I'll be okay with whatever you know yeah. mm-hmm. so that would be like I feel like I, I, I was looking for that so that's just something I think. I think yeah. all, of, all of our kids look for that. Whether A thousand percent. I mean, whether you're coming out as a gay or a lesbian, I mean, our kids always need that validation. Yeah. And sometimes we just, like, quick to dismiss them. Yeah. Right. yeah. Like, Get out of here. I told you you should have been doing that, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. and then they walk away feeling defeated. Yeah. But um, I think it's very important that, first and foremost, we validate that we do love mm. them. That's a great who they point. Are. Communication yeah. and love. Yeah, yeah. yeah because love. And love. Yeah, it's one thing to hear, like, <laughs> I love you, you're still right. my child. Yeah. But it's another thing to say, I love you. And you're my you're my gay son. Yeah, you know, like that is I like oh shit! You, thank yeah. you so much, Dad. Let's go McDonald's. <laughs> this fool. <laughs> I know oh, we man. can go on and on, and, <laughs> yeah, on yeah. and on and on. You know, this this, this is icebreaker. Nice. This is the TED talk already. Wow, right? there you it's go. podcast. <laughs> All right, wrap it up, Daniel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank y'all. Thank y'all for uh, chopping it up with us with this icebreaker question. Great, great dialogue. Yeah, great question. What it do, Kaipu? Y'all tapping in to For the Cultures Podcast. I'm your host, D-Boy. I'm your host, Bex Bumble. And we got three special guests in the building with hey. us. This is the first time we actually have more than two guests. I know. Uh, and They packing up this studio. Okay. <laughs> we Y'all got taking a whole, up space. We got a whole new setup over here. <laughs> three's just a crowd, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, we got, we got Jay, Ty, and Feke Lauti in the building with us. What's hey. up, y'all? What's up? Hey. What's up? Happy to be here. Yeah. It's yeah, great. It sounded like an all boy band. <laughs> okay, about to <laughs> harmonize. <laughs> Oakland in the building. Okalani in the building. Uh. Uh, just really quick so Jay, Ty, and Feke, they're three brothers who founded Ikuna, right? Uh, Ikuna is an organization uh, that their passion 
and their passion is to help the PI community. Uh, as Oakland natives, they understand the specific challenges and struggles the PI community faces. Inspired by the roots set down in Oakland over 50 years ago, Ikuna continues the legacy of those that came before seeking a better life of opportunity for their future families. Ikuna has been involved in building up the PI community for many years through community service, sharing educational resources, and building up the family unit. As a new generation rises up to face the challenges of today, Ikuna is committed to supporting the growth of our young people and navigating successfully toward the hopes and dreams of a successful and meaningful life. Ikuna will continue to be a trusted voice and advocate in the community with hopes to raise awareness of the challenges that our community faces, but also to share the beautiful culture and heritage we are so proud of. Mm. What's up, y'all? Man, that's yeah, beautiful. Man. Just pull that from the website, you know. There you go. Who wrote, <laughs> wrote that? Who wrote that? <laughs> Did Jay pay you to write this to read that, man? <laughs> nah, man, it's all love. You know, we, we really appreciate the work that y'all doing, so we wanted to give y'all the, you know, the due respect y'all deserve, man. Appreciate, appreciate it. Yeah, how y'all doing, though? Thank you for coming today. Thank you for being on the podcast with us. We doing good. Yeah, We're thank you for good. having Thank us. you for having us, for real. It's a pleasure. Nice. Okay. Can we um can we start off by just uh defining the word ikuna? Please. And uh I think that's a very powerful word and I mean some people ask why we why we named it ikuna. Yeah. Mm. But I think that word and it probably has different meanings in different languages in the Pacific, but specifically in in Tonga, the word ikuna means to overcome, mm. victory, mm. Mm-hmm. despite challenges, despite all odds. When your back is against the wall, to be victorious, yeah, even through all of that, yeah, and so I think that uh, that's important to get that out to uh, our listeners. So when they hear ikuna, that that's a that's a powerful word. Mm-hmm. That for us it means we we can make it, yeah, regardless of what's going on. We can make it if we try. We can make it. <laughs> <laughs> it's real. It is. It's real. Mafana. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. You hear it's that a, word. I mean, when, when, when people say ikuna, um, in, when they're talking, someone uses ikuna, that, that's like the most, that's the m- most powerful word that could define winning. Right. Yeah. Mm. Or victory. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no other word above that. When you say ikuna, that means, man, he, he or she accomplished or came out victorious. Yeah. And that's, that's what we hope that this movement is about. Yeah. Is that together we could be victorious. Mm. Yeah. Like, we don't have all the answers. But we're we're out there trying to find the answers and the resources to to move our people and our culture forward. Yeah, nice. and it's not so much. I mean, the word obviously, but it's something that's ingrained in our culture, in our history, in, in our DNA, to, in our DNA, in regards mm-hmm. to overcoming. You know the many things that we fight. Right. You know the challenges. I mean, being from Oakland, California, the capital of social movements. Mm, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, that word is also a feeling it's ingrained it is within us mm-hmm. the hustle and the hustle the hustle that's the hustle right. yeah and that's so um you know that word is a, yeah it's appropriate for the work that we are trying to do and nice. so it's important that we share the definition go yeah yeah just to add on i think um we could have made some t-shirts or some hoodies that said victory on it mm. but there was because there's power in language yep right yeah and so um again I'm going to make references to young people today because I know firsthand 
I know there's a lot of young Tongan people who grew up who grow up in Tongan homes, mm-hmm. but don't speak the language, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, I think that was part of our vision too was creating a brand that. Uh, not only stands for who we are as PIs, mm-hmm. but it's to teach young people to remember their roots and where they came from. Yeah. Right. And so we could have used victory. We could have used overcome, right. achieved. Mm. But Ikuna has power in it because mm. language is powerful. It has so much mm. more meaning to it. Yeah. So much more depth. I mean, that's like the whole thing about it. You know, when when things are said in English is one thing. But when they're said in our languages, that's right. it's different. It has that's weight. That's that You know, it, has that, it hits you. My friend uh, taught me this word. It hits you in your ujo, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's deep. That's, that's deep. deep right there, boy. <laughs> okay, just really quick, because I know we, we kind of went around, but let, yeah. if we can go around and um, just introduce introduce ourselves, name, and favorite R&B song. Oh, oh, man. I don't know if you Just really quick hey, so can they we can do hear that? your name. Can we do that too? Yeah, we're going to do that I wanna too. I want to answer that song. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So like a just a brief introduction. Yeah, just introduction. a brief in- introduction and yeah. a favorite R&B song. Okay. Jay Lauti, uh, you know, given name Sione. Mm. And um, my favorite R&B song, this old school. Take us there. Is uh, I'm For Real, Howard Hewitt. Y'all know about that? I haven't heard that one. <laughs> maybe if I hear it. Yeah, maybe. I'm right. bad with the. Uh, wh- 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 where does that song take you? Uh, it takes me back to my youth. Okay. You know, you know all them uh, youth dances you used to show <laughs> up at. You know, <laughs> now they don't play slow jams no more at these youth dances. Wow. But uh, I'm that surprised w- they be playing some ratchet stuff. <laughs> yeah. Bend uh, over to the front. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the new slow jam right there. with the lights on. With the lights on. <laughs> <laughs> with the lights on and the parents standing right there <laughs> <laughs> you better stop that <laughs> now the parents is right there yeah. behind the booth bend over to the <laughs> yeah so yeah that takes me back to my youth man nice yeah lyrics is not you know that's not something you hear often in the music today is lyrics and how to say something without really saying it mm. yeah and so uh yeah that takes me back nice so i'm uh daimani uh lauti and uh people close to me call me ty that's the nickname mm. um r&b song you know we grew up in the 80s i'll have to say one of my favorite is uh make it last forever keep okay. sweat yeah. <laughs> what does that take make you it last. takes me to a lot of places <laughs> Which which child was that? Which child was born with that song? You better press pause. <laughs> Somebody gonna get in trouble. <laughs> we might have to edit that. I'm Feke Lauti. Favorite R&B song. Wow, there's a lot. Um... I like I like I like the old school stuff, so I'm gonna go with uh, the group guy. I mm-hmm. like. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And where does that take you? It takes me back to my childhood, um, and that was a very important part of my life because yeah. I grew up in the era of the beginning of hip hop, mm-hmm. and so um, my brothers who 
are I, I don't want to say that how old they are <laughs> <laughs> look at the face but they had they had turntables they had Ooh. they had all the stickers crush groove you were know were y'all I mean, doing the pop locking back just, in the day hell yeah break dancing okay right and so I remember so, Hella Polly's was y'all break dancing self back in the day so right after that transition of like the beginning of hip hop when hip hop started to become like super big in the Mainstream. bay and then um groups like guy black mm-hmm. street th- th- those kind of groups came in and i was turning into a teenager and i was like wow like i was really catching feelings so <laughs> he was lucky we were schooling them yeah you know we left uh, home with, put them on huh? yeah, yeah. We, we left uh, home with two crates of vinyl wow mm-hmm. so Cassette tapes, 45s. Hey. And so, yeah, he, he got a lot of that schooling from that I music. I think our listeners know what 45s are. Oh. I barely know what it is. Oh, yeah. really? My oh, mom had 45s. So, the vi- you know what the vinyl records, mm-hmm. the yeah. size, mm-hmm. 45s oh, were the mini versions. Yeah. So, those were the singles oh. back then. Yeah. yeah. You know, singles. That's how they really singles were on those 45s. Okay, God. Good music. What about right you, partner? There. What's your favorite R&B so song? So, my favorite R&B song, I have a lot, but I'm going to. I'm gonna, my one of my classics is um, Mary J. Blige, Sweet Thing. Hey. That's, that's a remake. Yeah. Yeah. No, but that's my song though. <laughs> I love it anyways. <laughs> What's you? What about you, partner? Oh yeah, like me, I got hella, and especially because we I got know, some. You're big on music. So I'm we got some know. old school his. You yeah. know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a cheat. I'm gonna do two. Okay. Because uh, one of my favorite old school songs is. Um, uh, do we have a chance for our love? Oh, oh whistle. whistle. I whistle. Yo. Okay. You know Taking about that. Oh, I know about okay. that. I know about okay. that. Okay. He knows. Okay. But uh, I, was, um, I was thinking of a Boys to Men song recently, and then I heard it this morning, uh, Water Run Dry. Oh, my boys came in. You a ballad yeah. guy, huh? Okay. Uh, that, that one is a classic. I don't know. Like, I, I don't really. Okay. Where where do both of those songs take you? Mm. Uh, both take me to my childhood. The Do We Have a Chance for Our Love? It reminds me of like my mom and my aunties mm. and my uncles. Because uh, that's, you know, that's what they were slapping. I, I was a little pipsqueak running around. <laughs> um, but the water running dry, that reminded me of my cousin, rest in peace. Because uh, mm. I grew up listening to a lot of music because of her. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Dang. That's a classic right yeah. there. Yeah. But uh, it's really good to have all of y'all with us in the building, man. This has been some great dialogue. Uh, but before we do, uh, before we get into the rest of the show, what we always like to make sure we do is, you know, protocol and give thanks offer up a blessing, uh, whether that's a, a prayer or a proverb or just whatever's on your heart. And so I just want to um, ask you, brothers, would, would anybody like to ground us in this episode with the offering or a blessing? So um, we were talking on the way up here, and I think uh, there's several things that came to our minds, but we wanted to use this, uh, this quote to ground us as mm-hmm. we start our our episode our podcast thank you um and it it goes like this education is not the learning of facts but the training of the mind to think Mm. and that's uh albert einstein okay and um i think because for a lot of us we think that education is go get an education then you get a job then you have a good life but education is more than just reading books and you know taking tests but it's a it's an opportunity for 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 people to expand their minds Word. and learn how to critically think mm. uh, through the challenges of life. And I think that's that's part of our 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 mission too. Is that not only do we want to share information, but we want them to 
to learn how to think mm-hmm. and to not be like I me. Mean, not everything comes from a textbook. Right. Right. And so th- there are many experiences. There are many ways to learn. Uh, but I think the most impor- important part of education is that it, it increases your capacity to think and mm-hmm. to open to accept ideas and perspectives. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean it's right, but you, you got to be open in order for you to understand what's going on around you. Absolutely. I mean, thank you for sharing that because it makes me think about how uh, there w- there's always this emphasis in, in the work of, uh, you know, working with young people, especially working in education, is that education is not limited to the classroom. That's right. Right? Education is when we're growing up at home, when we're learning about culture or we're learning about how to take care of ourselves, right? It's about being in the streets and learning to hustle and and, mm. and doing all of that. It's yeah. about taking care of uh, our family, taking care of each other. Education is beyond the classroom. It's everyday yeah. life. And so just having that capacity to continuously learn and be open that's uh that's real talk yeah i think it takes like that's why we we can have these conversations mm-hmm. we could be from opposing sides and views but i think it takes an educated mind to be able to sit down and reason with another person yeah despite our differences and our our beliefs and so i think that's key being educated means or part of the education is um, your mind should open up and be able to accept ideas mm. and perspectives. Word. And people. Yeah, and people. Thank yeah. you. That's, yeah. That's good. That's a Selah moment, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Think about it. Yeah. Yeah. That just because that requires practice of the practice of humility, you know? It's right. really um, knowing how to give up your rights of like thinking that you know it all to be open to learn something new you know that's Correct. not that's something that's kind of heavy again when we when we go back to culture you know we, we, that's not practiced as often as we would like you know like right. giving up the rights to be wrong you know right. or to not know something because again and just from experience of like someone who's always kind of who's someone who's wanted to be open to learn but has always been kind of shut down you know especially if you didn't know you we I was always kind of taught to like go go learn it on your own then yeah, or you know right. like get out of here and when you know come back you yeah. know so there, that space is not really always kind of provided for mm-hmm. everyone when it's or that type of vulnerability like I don't know but can you teach me yeah it's not yeah. it's not a that's not the norm but we would like that to be right. the norm you know I think so. it's uh, also important though when when we are thinking that all of us have different perspectives right. and yeah. we come from a diff. we all view life in a, from a different lens. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And that could be from a faculty at a, you know, five star educational institution to local Sunday school. Right. Mm-hmm. And we, as that mind or capacity grows, we need to be able to decipher mm. what it is we're being taught. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then accepting that or not accepting it. But, taking that and then moving forward based on your own lens, right? Yeah, and just so. being able to navigate in different spaces. So when we meet with faculty or school presidents or principals, mm-hmm. there's a certain way you have to act and and navigate in that space. Right. Then when we come back to the community, how do we how do we filter that down into the community so that yeah. they understand that this is what they're trying to do? Mm. Because there's a disconnect between higher education or education in general with our PI community mm-hmm. that and somehow our kids are getting lost because there's no communication. 
So, and you know, education and no visibility, and no, and no, no visibility. visibility. You know, no visibility. you know, and and like and like Beck said, you know, your parents say, "Why aren't you? Uh, why didn't you get an A in class?" You know, but the whole time they're never checking in on you, right? Yeah. To see how you're doing. Do you understand what the te- or you don't? You know, they're not going to the parent-teacher conference to yeah. know what's going on with you. And that goes back to like again, parents wanting informational knowledge and the child wanting emotional Correct. intelligence. Right. You know, there's Correct. the informational intelligence and emotional intelligence. Correct. You right. know, it's like two have to be approached at the same same time time. it's like if you're gonna want to have this conversation about information just make sure you're also sensitive with the emotional intelligence you know and and learning how to maneuver through that conversation while you're giving information that's That's part of education though i'm I'm glad you brought that up bex because in my mind i was just thinking about emotional intelligence yeah right how do we manage our emotions during times of chaos and disorder right how are we taught to how are we taught how is that modeled right how is that modeled at home or in church or anywhere, right? Like, exactly. And as a PI, mm-hmm. uh, you know, from my perspective, we're very emotional people, mm-hmm. right? Through music, through dance, through testimony, mm-hmm. through communication, everything is based on emotion. And and that could be like part of human behavior. Yeah, yeah. But as a, as a PI, just witnessing firsthand in my life, mm-hmm. everything's based on emotion. Mm-hmm. And so when we walk into a space or spaces that we haven't occupied, we walk in with all these emotions. Mm-hmm. Right. And then when we hear something that's coming from, that seem, may seem as a threat or powerful, we need to learn how to manage that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because wherever there's power, there's resistance, mm-hmm. right? And so how do, we get, how do we get to the other side of that bridge where we're on the power side, we're not resisting all the time? And that's that's what Ikuna does. Yeah, mm. that, that's who I we are. That. Yeah. I, love yeah. that. I love that. I love that. And that's right. and that's Ikuna. Yeah, <laughs> but there's also power in resistance. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, for sure. We're we not going to discount the fact that there is power in right. resistance. Right. Yeah. You know? but but there's like sometimes we if we go to a space that we're not comfortable at, we lash out. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and 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 maybe it's appropriate, but many times, man, if somebody's lashing out at me, I'm not gonna listen. To, you know, I'm like mm-hmm. turning the other way. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, but un- but we have to do it in a way that's strategic. Yeah. And just don't come up there stomping your feet up there and yelling at somebody. There is a time and a place for that, but mm-hmm. it's not every time. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. And we and we need to be quick to uh, to recognize and call folks out. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. When, yes. I got no problem. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> but again, you're right, and, and we tend to lash out, and that's our first emotion. Yeah, is to lash out when things aren't done in a way that brings equity, yeah. right? Mm. Hell and yeah. So, so that's we, and that's what education brings. It allows us to navigate these spaces in such a way that the individual who we're talking to in that space understands that they're not threatened, right. and hence wants to work. Word. You know what I'm saying? So that's so true. Well, on that same note, on that same thought around education, that leads that leads me to our bruh, bruh. <laughs> oh yeah, bruh. that leads me to the bruh real quick. So I'm gonna just I'm gonna just uh, read this spiel real quick, uh-huh. and then we'll we'll dissect it a bit. Okay, so this is uh this is quoted from CNN. Uh, U.S. Senator and Democratic presidential candidate Kamala Harris introduced legislation this week intended to align the school day with the traditional work day to reduce the burden of child care on working families. The Family Friendly Schools Act would extend the school day three hours from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. during the school year and authorize $1.3 billion annually to allow more children access to summer programming. 
Most public schools are open for instructional time for 160 to 180 days out of the year, according to the National Center of Education Statistics. This leaves parents to figure out how to care for their children on afternoons, weekends, and holidays. Mm. For working and low-income families, paying for childcare or arranging work schedules presents a challenge. The legislation would uh, award five-year grants up to $5 million total to school districts to implement programs in elementary schools serving high numbers of low-income families. The grants aim to fund programs that would allow the schools to provide academic, athletic, and, en and enrichment opportunities to students during the extended hours. The new policies would not require teachers and staff to work longer hours and would ensure that they are compensated fairly for any additional hours they do choose to work. <sighs> Bruh. Bruh. <laughs> Bruh. I mean, honestly, when I first heard this, you know, the headline of Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris presenting this bill to extend school, I'm like, it seemed whack to me. But yeah. as I read it more, it seemed like, Okay, there's pros and cons I see to this. And I just wanted to put this on our table on our table to, to dissect real quick because um you know, this legislation impacts mm -hmm. our young people too, right? And and how do how do we see this? How do we feel about this? How do we see this benefiting our community? How do we see this not benefiting our community? So I just wanted to put this out there for for us to chop it up about. So what y'all think? I mean, I think uh, I'm. You know, I I don't I don't think uh had time to process. Mm. You know the 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 bill, but I mean, my personal feelings is uh, we should probably start taking care of our teachers first. Mm. That part. like we got too many underpaid yeah. teachers, mm -hmm. and we have a teacher shortage uh, in the Bay Area. Yeah, um, we're struggling to keep quality teachers, especially mm -hmm. in Oakland. Mm -hmm. Many of the best teachers are leaving Oakland to go to other school districts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because the pay is not getting paid enough. Yeah, yeah. And with the cost of living and how expensive it is to live here in the Bay Area, mm -hmm. I feel like our teachers are not being cared for properly. Mm -hmm. and, and they're not getting the funding uh, needed in order to, to, to not only train, but to retain mm -hmm. quality teachers mm -hmm. in our public schools. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, other than that, I, I think I support that bill to, to keep the, you know, go from eight to six. Um, but I don't know what that looks like for our PI community. I don't know how many of our PI community uses after school programs right. mm -hmm. and whatnot. Um, but I mean, it might be a good thing. Cause I, I remember reading something a few months ago about like, uh, youth, uh, crime rates happen <clears throat> during the hours of like. 3.30 and 6 or something like that. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the highest. Uh, uh, I mean, that's the time when, you know, they're committing crimes or mm. being juveniles or whatever. Mm. Um, oh. So maybe that's part of the reason why they're introducing that bill, mm -hmm. I mean, along with the health care or child care. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. You know, that's my thoughts on that. I don't know. I'm still on the fence about this one because... Yeah. You know, why extend school hours? Why don't you shorten work hours? That part. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> you know, I mean, we, okay. we, we see the importance of, of, student, of parents and the relationship they could be developing yes. with their children. Yes. We know that we don't work eight hours a day when we're at our jobs. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so um, <clears throat> could it be that we reduce work hours? 
mm. instead of extending um, school hours. Anyway, that's just a thought. That's a, the other, that's a good thought. Yeah. Uh, the other piece that comes to mind, though, um, you know, when I did my grad work at um, in grad school, my first year, I was just angry because I was learning about the history of education, mm. you know, the, the roots of these civil injustices mm. and mm. these structural inequalities that exist mm. in, our, in our world today, right? Yeah. And so I take a look at what I've learned and compare that to what's going on in our schools. Uh, when you look back at the Industrial Revolution, right, that's when the school system was created like you go into this class and you process students as they go through each individual grade and then they graduate right the bell rings it's all similar to how factories were created assembly lines were created Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and so to me when i read that you know what's the deeper what is the deeper meaning of why we're keeping kids in school long because we already have after school programs right right and so why not just continue those same programs instead of extending the hours? Give them more funding. Yeah. Are we institutionalizing our kids? Are we creating these narratives for our children to think a certain way for longer periods of time? Right. Mm. I mean, there's research out there that says when kids are younger, they're very bright. You test them with their IQs at an earlier age and they're very creative, they're very bright. Put them in a classroom after six, eight years, they've dumbed down a lot of those Mm. senses, right? Mm -hmm. And so are we doing our kids a disservice by keeping them in an institution for a longer period of time? That's a great question. I don't know. That's a great question. And so there are a lot of pros and cons to this, but um, I think there are other ways that we can allow children to explore more of what they really want to do. Education is great. I yeah, get it. Right. But how do we inspire and motivate these kids um, in ways that will allow them to be free, to think freely? Mm-hmm. I, I like this. I like this. I like this. Now, how do I explore that? Yeah, but, I mean, maybe if the, if the longer school day means that they get to take music. It, it exposes them to the arts, yeah. yeah. You know, or, or teaches or, them some yeah, type of yeah, trade, yeah, yeah, yeah something, benefit, yeah. something like that, or maybe then, even have opportunities for like cultural learning, yeah, or, or you know time I mean? for cultural learning. I mean, reading this, I'm thinking about y'all and what y'all do, right? I'm like, oh shit, this could uh, potentially benefit y'all, uh, y'all's organization because there could be funding um, opportunities for y'all to have more capacity to be able to offer up. Yeah, go into a school and teach yeah. culture and yeah. teach, you know, cultural awareness yeah. and sensitivity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, I mean, I think one of the articles stated that they would be partnering with community organizations to do a lot of the work that's happening after those traditional school hours. So mm-hmm. it's it's up for grabs for me. I don't, I don't I'm not sure yet. You know, I like your thought around. There's it, a lot of things like though. So I think I'm on the same. Uh, wave with my brother jay just because i think people well i i work in education Mm. i work i work at a junior college and so i work as a program director that serves formerly incarcerated Uh and um foster foster youth at laney college in oakland go eagles and so you know uh being in higher ed for the last five years i've looked at education a lot different because now i'm I'm in the workplace and so to the general public um, schools or institutions are are just a school, yeah. but when you work in the system, it's a business. 
right and so you got to look at everything from a monetary standpoint so the longer you keep kids in school the more units you take the more funding streams that are attached Mm -hmm. to that institution Mm -hmm. enrollment right money exactly and so if you if you look at the frame now if this is going to happen through the k through 12 system that means more time in the classroom more money for the school or and that district but where does that money actually go i don't have all the answers Right, and well, we know so, it ain't going to the teachers. No, nope. exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Right? We we know it's supposed to go to programming, but it might not be going yeah. to programming. Right, right. And yeah. then my follow up to that, the second piece that I wanted to share regarding this is that uh, sometimes families rely on um, educational institutions to teach kids, but the first institution in life is the family. That's right. At home. The, right. Home. It's home. the home. The home. There you go, Bishop. Right. Come on. Tell so we we should we should be teaching our kids at home so that when they go out into the community, they're getting they're getting the information that they need to be successful, to be to to excel. Mm-hmm. Right. In mainstream or whatever career they want to take. But at home, if we empower them at home in the family institution, mm-hmm. then kids will have a more surety of who they are from a cultural standpoint. Mm. Right. So when I leave the crib, I'm like, not only am I feke, but I got to show up to the workplace, but at home. Then you be feeky. I'm, I'm tonguing. <laughs> I'm tonguing. Right? Yeah. I'm at tonguing. Home. When I leave home, I'm proud. Like, I'm a tonguing. That's what yeah. I'm tonguing about. Right? You know? Yeah. <laughs> this tongue. <laughs> MMT, boy. <laughs> I might not have to go to church tomorrow. Okay, yes, church right now. Throw me the ball. Throw me the ball. Let me okay. score. I'm okay. ready to score. You're already winning, bro. You're already winning. I mean, I feel what all three of you, what all three of you are talking about because automatically what I'm thinking about is like, I know teachers been complaining about their salaries for the longest. For the longest. And especially with public school, you know what I mean? Like, that's why so many folks go pr- to the private sector because they get taken care of more. Yeah. Right? Um, and our teachers are teaching to test, not necessarily teaching to increase skill and mm-hmm. capacity and intelligence, but we are teaching so that they can pass these tests that are given by the state. And standardized of course, standardized testing. testing and then of course keeping funding rolling as yeah. they have these children succeed right. and perform to these standards right, right. so these expectations yeah, and when, when so many are not meeting those uh, benchmarks then how are they treated how are they cared yeah. for how are they thought of because the teachers are like well you need to you need to learn this and you need to get this and it's also the parents responsibility to play a part in it right but like you said right the the parents are working, if not eight hours, maybe even longer. Yeah. More jobs. Two, mm-hmm. job, two jobs. Two jobs. Three. three jobs, right? And so even this, when seeing this bill, I'm thinking about like how it, how it can impact our PI youth, our young people, is because oftentimes the youth are um, depended on by the family to take care of maybe the younger siblings, right? to take care of elders that we have in the home. And so like longer hours might not be feasible. Right. You know, and, and I know we have old school stories of our, you know, our our um, our old folks. You know, my my grandmother, rest in peace. You know, like she didn't complete school because she had to take care of her siblings, right? And she was kept from going to school. So there's stories like that, and I know that that's true actually right now because I have a niece who don't go to school no more because she has to help take care of her sister, mm-hmm. right? And this is like the prime of her life. She's like 15. Um, but helping helping her mom and helping the family means more, right? And yeah. so how do we also think about the parents 
in this equation? Right. How do we how do we try to uh, make more of an initiative for like the parents and the children to have more time more time to get yeah. together? Right. I agree. You know, like, and also even. I mean, not even forgetting about the youth, you know, because I feel like we've spoken about the government, we've spoken about the parents, but like, what about actually talking and being engaged with the youth, like ha involving them in this whole thought process, you right. know, because I feel like we're all making decisions for them and not even involving them, Come you on. know, so oh, it's yeah. like, it's important to have that dialogue, not again, not we're having these conversations at home, but now let's like, give them value and input and like say what what are your thoughts on having school up until this time you know cuz right. i'm hearing everyone's story and i really love the perspective that's coming in but i'm 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 viewing it from a place of like you know like every every, every age group or every um what do you call level of like the grade school like it it requires different type of responsibilities for me so right. like i say like the seniors they're, they can probably stay until six because they yeah. have the capacity and we right. need to train them for adulthood. So step. we're going to have to spend a little bit more yeah. time with them versus juniors should be four hours and then right. sophomores are three hours. You know, like well, it's all according to what I feel like grade level, grade level, the maturity, the responsibility, you know, before this bill would impact elementary school. Oh, shit. yeah. Oh, all yeah. All the oh, way. elementary. Oh. Yeah. Only elementary. Yeah, that's so intense. it says. So so it says with what I read here, but I could be yeah. wrong. Yeah, I mean on the other on the other side of that though is what are, what are our elementary school kids doing when they come home? Right, they get home what three thirty. I mean, there's so much media out there. You know, where's the balance? Can we if we keep them in the schools, are we providing valuable education and resources for them to grow to learn, mm -hmm. or are we just against the bill because they can come home? And then get on their smartphones and watch things that, mm. you know, aren't valuable at all. So mm. there's got to be some balance, you know. So Yeah. But I think most parents would would uh, support that bill, especially working parents. Mm. Because, yeah. the, you know, a lot of them are looking for after school care. Uh, and then there's no funding for everyone to have to be part of after school program. So <coughs> what, do, what do those families go? What do they do? They had to find somebody to come pick up their child or their grandma or cousin but or that's neighbor. The thing. That's the thing, though, is that it's framed in a way for yeah. those who yeah. need this yeah. to be in support of it so Correct. that yes. it can pass. That's right. But then it's exactly. still like you said, you know, it's still connected to money, more dollars for yeah. the yeah. state, more money yeah. for all those you know, government officials or whomever would that would profit from this bill. But like, I get it though. Yeah, because it is that. I mean, we have, I have, you know, my, our young ones in a uh, in a program right now, just because it's helpful for all of us that are helping parents. You know, to um, to be able to still work and um, and whatnot. But it's yeah. also yeah. good for the kids. You know, to yeah. to be in that social setting of where they're. They're um, cared for, but they have homework time. They have play time. They they do things like uh, my niece is in this thing. Uh, it's called Girls Who Code. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, you yeah. know yeah. So there there are things out there, but yeah, like there is pros and cons. But I think one thing that um, I was I think we were kind of alluding to earlier is that whole school to prison pipeline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right, and especially because you work with formerly incarcerated folks. I mean, I know that like <coughs> you know with that statistic you you shared earlier times like. Yeah. Um, shit, that's true. That's hella true because I remember after school, that's when me and all my friends was getting in trouble. Yeah. yeah. You know, we would go straight to the uh 
<laughs> to the store and boost hella, yeah. hella stuff from the store and then go, you know, just frolic around because I come from a single parent home, so my mom wasn't home until late. Yeah. You know? That's why all the liquor stores got that sign, two students at a time. It's <laughs> yeah. Danny Boy, huh? Danny, <laughs> Danny Boy ruined it very much. Danny Boy's little ass was buying cigarettes at 12. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, know you, um, you mentioning that also made me think about um, th- this could be... Um, related to classism mm. you know this could be i mean who does this actually benefit mm-hmm. it benefits poor people yeah. yeah right if you if you look in if you look into upper middle class or the rich does it really benefit them Mm-mm. you know because their kids go to private school yeah. right. well, they, they probably they have this is all for yeah, low income. you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so this is this is only going to benefit the poor yeah. but then um I'm just thinking out loud, you know, how does this, does this benefit the rich at all? Does this benefit other people besides those who live in those urban communities? It could benefit those who, you know, who put this bill into legislation, who get it approved. And then, you know, the funding for those kids being in school, you know, like you said, more time in school, more, more money in in their pockets, but, you know, keeping the, the poor, or the low income where they're at. Where they're at. So yeah. keeping at. them. Yeah, keeping yep. them there. Keeping them in, in line. Instead of helping them elevate. Yeah, keeping, keeping them in line. Keeping you know? social mobility at a minimum. Yeah. You know right, what I'm saying? Right, so right. there could be some underlying reasons for the bill, but, you know, a lot of us don't see that. We don't hear it. We don't know what those purposes are. So, right. And that's, so. That's, part of, that's part of being socially conditioned, though. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like... As a youngin, you know, if you're being socially conditioned, being conditioned to think a certain way, mm-hmm. when you're 22, you're still going to be you're thinking, still thinking the same that way. same way. Right. You're still going to have the same framework. Which goes back to the to your uh, quote that you grounded us with, right? It's just about like being, like having the uh, the ability to just learn. Right, right, right. And to see beyond that, because what we want to break is this this conditional thinking and yeah. teach our young people yeah. how to think critically. Right. Don't accept everything that's right. given to right. you at yeah. face value. Yeah, Ask yeah, questions. Yeah. Poke back. Why? Mm. Yeah. Why? Why? You know? Yeah. And we, we throw this term woke around, but... I hate that it's, term. It's, it's, <laughs> I mean, we hear it all the time, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and yet, woke doesn't equal educated, right? And I'm not saying you have to be educated, but be able to understand like my daughter will say something and we're like okay well what do you mean by that oh i just i just read it Aww. you know and so we have to be able to not only uh, um, recognize it but then understand it right? right and know how to address it when we're faced with it so yeah. sheesh it's a heavy topic. That man. is. I mean, I know, yeah, it's, it's a bill, but I think what the alarming thing was Fuck just... that uh, bill? <laughs> <laughs> it was supposed to be a bruh moment. Yeah. Something yeah. different. <laughs> I mean, it is a bruh, because yeah. it's like, you know, what, why? what are the impacts going to be of yeah. this bill? Is is it going to be more positive than negative? Is it going to address the school-to-prison pipeline <laughs> and prevent that because of, you know, the extent the extension of school hours? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting that you, I mean, what you said about how they framed the bill. Yeah. yeah. They that, framed it in a way that for the working class, right. yeah. they're like, oh, man, I'm going to vote for that. You it's know? enticing. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. very you know enticing I mean? because it helps the... It helps the immediate need, and it doesn't. Correct. It doesn't like uh, show or or help us yeah. think about the bigger picture. Right, right. framing exactly. is everything. Yeah. Framing, framing is everything. Is and when we're over here thinking like it's the power of words, no, it's the power of how you frame those words. Yeah, right. I mean, it's the power it's language. Power, yes. power, language. power of yeah. language. Yeah. it's all about how you frame it. Yes, you, it could be you know manipulation. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, it's politics, right? Yeah. It's a bill. Yep. I and, mean, 
how do we know if like maybe store owners or business owners are getting together like man we got too much crime during this time you know we need to keep those kids in school yeah. longer and they're probably donating money you got Walmart donating yeah. money to these That's campaigns and big corporations like pass some law that keep kids you know in, in keep order. them in order keep, keep them, them in order, order. and that's, in that's back to the institutionalized you know what I'm saying it's, yeah. I, I ain't buying it just yet and it's back to what you said too partner about like young people are not being asked how they feel included. about this yeah. they're, they're not, not included. included in this it's it's the adults it's it's elders it's it's not even the elders or the adults it's those powers that be yeah. the upper echelon like, that are like this is gonna work for yeah. all of you because this is what the statistics say. Don't be using say. our young people as an experiment. You yeah. need to relax. I mean, I will say that uh, in OUSD, Oakland Unified School District, that uh, they do, they do. There's efforts to get the voice of the students when making decisions within the district. So that's true. Uh, I remember. I've been been part of that process, and a lot of the work that we do within Oakland Unified is exactly that: mm. bringing the students out. Because wasn't there a time when uh, you all were working with uh, one of the, like one of the schools that have a program, and they they went to the OUSD uh, hearing to speak? Oh yeah, on yeah. behalf yeah, we of were, like we why not to cut uh, funding, funding from a program? Yeah, yeah, we were there um, just last year. So it was during the teacher strikes. Yes, and when they were um, reviewing budgets, the funds that were there for Pacific Islanders was on that docket to be cut. And on so, the chopping block. On the chopping block. Yeah. And so we, uh, you know, we helped in that effort. It wasn't just us. There was, you know, quite a few of us that uh, reached out to our communities to come out and support. Mm-hmm. And um, and we made an impact enough that, yeah. you know, they didn't make those cuts. So That's what's up. On that so, advocacy. Yeah, advocacy work. And, and just for us as a community to actually step into a space that we're not familiar with. Mm-hmm. And and show the the um, the impact that that could have, mm-hmm. and that we're yeah. working together. Yeah. Um, because in the past we've never showed up like that. Mm. And so when the board looks out and sees this ocean of PI staring yeah. back at them, and then we have our youth who are expressing their concerns about why you shouldn't cut. Mm-hmm. It's powerful. It was very. It's powerful. powerful. Yes. Shout out to y'all and all the other organizers. Yeah. Oh yeah, I know uh, Elena, right? Or Alina. 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 So y'all know Alina? Yeah, yeah. That's, what's up. that's Alina. Girl. We were just with Alina. <laughs> we were just with her a couple nights yeah. ago. Come on. Yeah, yeah. We gotta get her. What's up, Alina? We gotta get you on here. Come soon. <laughs> <laughs> so you know the funny thing is when we were got involved with this helping to save this um, the funding, uh, the more we investigated, the more we did our research. The more we started to unravel all these different things that we didn't know about, well, you got to go there. And then, so when we when we got to, I mean, because I think it's interesting it's part to of the call process. this out. To call this out right. is mm-hmm. that, like, don't just go there and just start advocating for something you don't know about. Right. You know, you, right. you we so we got in there, started looking, and started. We didn't know until the day of the that hearing or when, after or right after yeah. that the money that we were or the budget that we were helping to save. For the APISA program mm-hmm. was really only a salary position. Mm. It was not money for for programming. Oh, it was to not cut a, a, a position. position. A one position. Mm. And and all this time we thought, oh, this is we gotta help because if not, they're gonna stop, you know, funding programs for our Pacific Islanders. But we didn't find that out till after that what we helped saved was this person's position or salary. Mm. And you know, I mean, but is that person benefiting the the 
the Pisa so they're funding so so they're 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 paying this person this money to go out and find other monies to fund Pacific Islander programming. Oh. And so we we kind of like we sat back we're like man if we would have knew that we ain't gonna fight for no position mm-hmm. we we were we thought we were fighting for for money to help our PI community but you know lessons yeah. learned lessons, lessons learned, learned. Oh, um, okay. I mean we do work with that individual. That's right. And, and keep them close. <laughs> yeah, we do work with that. Hold individual. them accountable, right? And that's and, and, and we not we don't have anything against that individual. Yeah, we just wasn't. They didn't. They we didn't get. It school. wasn't transparent. Yeah, it wasn't what we were advocating uh, for. See, okay. so, so yeah, so these this is the work we have to do as a community to right, learn more yeah. about the purpose of right. why we're advocating right. or why are yeah. we fighting against these certain <clears> things, <throat> right? Yeah. And it's all so about the research. Yeah, yeah you you got to do the research, but we do work with that individual. And there is even some fight about that individual coming back from the community into why this person is leading the work from the school district, mm. right? And so, um, you know, we, we have to partner. We have to do various things to get to that next level. Yeah. This is just one of those steps we have to take. And they're, yeah. w- and they're well aware of our, our feelings about oh, that Oh, yeah, well. they are. Yeah. So, you That's know, what's up. I mean, they, they know we agree to disagree. Yes. You know, yep. but at least we can sit at the table and have the discussion. Yes. And do the work. To make sure that your community yep. is, correct. is represented, is represented in the right correctly. way. Correctly. Yes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Bruh. Bruh. That's a lot. You know, it's funny because we be talking about are we really making an impact? And then we sit down in a in a in in a, a discussion like this, and we're like, okay, well, I guess we are doing a little bit of work. You know, <laughs> hella work. Hella work. Ikuna, huh? Yeah, that's what's up. Jeez. Anything else before we tap into these community announcements? That's a good. No, I'm good. good. Okay. All right, nice. y'all. We're going to take a quick break, tap into these community announcements, and we'll be right back. Yee. Salmon Solutions would like to invite you to join us for the ninth annual 5K Turkey Trot for Charity, happening November 23rd, 2019, at Brisbane Marina. Online registration is open now at www.5kturkeytrot2019.b. P-T-dot-M-E. You can also find the registration at our event website at www.tinyurl.com slash SSTurkeyTrot. This event is brought to you by Asian American Recovery Services, HealthRight360, Kaiser Permanente, Poly by Design, Sauce Nails, Nakoa Leather Company, Trader Joe's, For the Cultures Podcast, Toa Strength, T5 Moana, Dance Group, and Ainga Fitness. All right, y'all. Welcome back. We're excited to just roll right into our ICU segment. And this part right here is where we get to recognize Brown Excellence. You feel me? We get to just give a shout out to our local community workers, celebrities, family members, anybody you feel like you want to highlight because of their good work and deed or just because they're a great person. So whatever it is that you just feel like you want to recognize in them, we want to take this opportunity to do so. So I'll just go ahead and kind of popcorn this through. You know what? Let me go ahead and pick my partner right here. How about that? Uh, right on, partner. Well, my ICU is going to be a little bit different uh, this week mm. uh, because there is this uh, this um, very important initiative and push being uh, put out there for all of us to be aware of and to sign up for if if we can, if we believe in it. Um, 
So I'm not sure if everyone is familiar with this whole case going around with Rodney Reed. Uh, it, I'm going to read a little bit uh, about what's been going on. This post comes from Equity Equation on IG. And I'm going to just uh, just read their post really quick. So <clears throat> good. Uh, Rodney Reed is 50 years old. He's been incarcerated for 7,829 days. That's 23,487 meals eaten away from his family, 187,896 minutes inhaling the artificial air of a prison facility. In 16 days, in 384 minutes, in 23,040 seconds, the state of Texas is going to kill him. He will breathe one last time on November 20th. He is being accused of killing a white 19-year-old fiancé named Stacy. Her fiancé was a local police officer named Jimmy. She was having an affair with Rodney. That's why his DNA was found on her body. She'd been strangled with a belt. Rodney was found guilty by an all-white jury. He didn't do it. In the years that Rodney has been sitting in jail, new testimony and evidence have emerged that Jimmy not only threatened to kill Stacy if she ever left him, but he's since served time for raping another woman, another woman. While incarcerated on that new rape charge, hoping to gain the trust of the Arian Brotherhood, Jimmy told a fellow inmate, I had to kill my racial slur loving fiance. I'm sure we all could guess what that slur was. Mm. He also failed to lie. He also failed two lie detector tests at the time of Stacy's murder. The state of Texas had repeatedly refused to retry the case or grant a stay of execution. Our system of mass incarceration is unjust on a good day. On the days in the hours that we kill people whose innocence is a, is in question is a burden we must all collectively bear. Mm. To that, a link in the bio to a petition by the Innocence Project is up for us to please sign, please share this post, please add your voice to the many who are calling for justice to be properly served. <clears throat> and then the post also says, um, oh, and gov- Governor, uh, I'm a, probably going to butcher this name, Governor Abbott, fuck you if you don't do the right thing. May your denial of what's just follow you like a dark shadow. You cannot escape. So all of that to say, please, uh, if you're listening to this um, and if you've been following this case, if you haven't done so already, please go to freerodneyreed.com. That's F-R-E-E-R-O-D-N-E-Y. R-E-E-D.com. Sign the petition, save this innocent man's life, and let's bring justice uh, to, to Rodney. All right? So all of that to say, Rodney Reed, I see you. Nice. All right, fellas. Do we have anyone we want to recognize? Yeah, I'll go first. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the work that we do, we run into a lot of folks in the community that don't uh, get the recognition. And so uh, we're always excited to partner with other PIs who are doing similar work, regardless of the platform. Mm. And so I just want to recognize today Wesley Higano. Um, He's part of the 
the church on Trey Five in Oakland. Uh, he does great work with the youth there. Um, he is also the only PI full-time staff within Oakland Unified School District. Mm, that's One. Saying. We don't have any teachers that are PI. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as we got started in the work, his voice in the community is a powerful one. And so um, we have the pleasure of working with him. And often, um, you know, those works don't get recognized. Mm. And so he's also doing his Ph.D., at SF State. Hey, that's what's up. He just started. And so uh, we love to recognize those that we work with doing good in the community and also uh, uplifting our youth. So, Wesley Hingano, I I see you. you. Hey, hey, that sounded good. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Mines is uh, another person that we've connected with and um, helps a lot with uh, what we do. Uh, Darlene Cato, she is the after school program manager for Fremont High School in Oakland. Um, and she, uh, it's not even her part of her responsibility to help with the PI students. She, she's hired on a whole different thing for after school programming, but she also spends a lot of her time connecting with the PI students at Fremont High School nice. and kind of organizing them. And she's done a couple things like, uh, uh, what do you call that? The honor roll. She did yeah. their old on, honor roll thing for PI students there. So she's really close to the PI students, and she helps to uh, mobilize them and get them out when we have events. And it, it's really hard because she's uh, she's has another job at the school, but we also ask her to please watch over mm-hmm. some of those PI students and connect with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're really appreciative of what she does, and um, she has. Uh, she has done a lot, she, and her efforts are not, uh, I don't want um, her to, to ever feel like, you know, she's not making an impact, mm-hmm. but we are appreciative of what she does. So, uh, Darlene Cato, I see you. Um, mine's pretty unique because uh, I've worked, I've been working uh, in higher education for the past five years, uh, I work for Peralta Community College District, and in the history of the college, um, Ikuna was able to help and support build its first Pacific Islander club um, on the campus, which is called the Wayfinders Club. Uh, and so yeah. those Wayfinders, uh, if you really think about it, uh, PIs, we are the original navigators of the sea. Come on now. And no. so, yes, so <laughs> these young men... Um, the majority of them uh, are predominantly student athletes, uh, have taken time to really come together and mesh being uh, a student athlete and also mixing that in with academics um, in order to not only pursue their dreams, but also uh, pursue life in if they have the opportunity to go to the next level to play professional sports. Mm -hmm. And so uh, with that being said, Club Wayfinders at Laney College, I see you. Hey, that's what's, hey, that's what's up, bro. That's really ground. I mean, that to me, that sounds groundbreaking, uh, because just personally, I've always known that like student athletes, uh, especially the male athletes, are the hardest to reach when yeah. you know doing, um, when doing programming, you know, yeah. around education, around leadership, um, and so for that to happen, man, that's Ikuna right there. I see y'all. <laughs> I see y'all, Ikuna. <laughs> well, you know what? Not just that. Uh, may I just, in addition to that, I think uh, I want to acknowledge 
all PIs who have left home to pursue their education, mm. it's a big thing for us to leave yeah. home, yeah. right? Yeah. And if you really think about it, uh, the cultural values that are embedded in our life, um, we only leave home if you get married or you, you get a nice job, you got a career, you got a space. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of these kids are moving away from home and there's a perception of who we are on the football field, mm. right? Right. Right. This guy can knock somebody out. This guy can get the quarterback. This guy can score 20 points today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. But deep down, these young men and young women who leave their homes, they're still little kids. Mm. Right. And so when we have the opportunity to engage in dialogue with them, mm -hmm. we get to see the true who they are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. In real life, firsthand. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, you know, I want to acknowledge those kids who are pursuing their dreams, who left home, whether it's Cali, Nevada, Florida, wherever it is. I want to acknowledge them because they're remembering who they are. They're an original navigator mm -hmm. of the sea. Mm -hmm. And so they have that power to excel wherever they are in education. Word. Come on. Church. Yes, Church. <laughs> <laughs> what All about right. you, partner? Um, I have a... I have a shout out to uh, just this weekend. Last Sunday, Danny Boy and I went to uh, Oakland. We were chilling. <laughs> Lake Merritt. You feel me? We pulled up on um, the CEO, the founder of Little Drinks and Things. Okay. She goes by the name of Saucy. I want. Yeah. yeah Saucy. Saucy, a bright young lady. She's so cool. Um, I mean, we pulled up and um, Danny Boy has been following um this young lady for quite a while like again she's little drinks and things she she's known for making these nice little uh, what do you call it? slushy mixed drinks with Hennessy Patron yeah. it's just really nice fancy uh -huh. drinks and yeah. we've been just she would decorate it with like candy and like she mm -hmm. also does the elote the corn oh the corn oh yeah yeah but it's covered with hot Cheetos oh so, bomb too hella bomb <laughs> bomb bro <laughs> We was out there. Yeah, it was a nice Sunday afternoon. We ended at up Lake chilling Mary. out there for hella long. You know, we pulled up and Unc, we had Uncle on the street with his <laughs> booth. He was he told us to pull. I mean, well, he didn't tell us, but you know, we we found comfort in just the way they were just engaging yeah, with yeah. us and interacting in conversation. Mm -hmm. So Danny Boy was like, "Okay, yeah. we're gonna just chill and have a conversation with Unc." And he kind of laced us on some some weed oh. and just and and also the culture of like Lake Mary. Oh, Lake yeah. Mary. Yeah, like, he was just talking about like man, people here just on this trip. It's family. Yeah. 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 Hella boots, and it was just a really good time. And I just want to shout out again this this young lady, um, Saucy, because she was she's definitely dedicated to her work. She um, she's her own. She's a business. She's a business. Uh, yeah, owner, owner. Mm -hmm. and she is like growing from out here in Oakley. Started in Oakland. Now she has like you know business out there in Sacramento and even uh, Modesto you know wow. she calls it like after dark you know drinks little things and little drinks and things after dark but it's just a great um, business to support so if anybody out there in Oakland or like like for instance my Danny boy and I so I'm from I'm from San Leandro but Danny boy and I were in San Francisco at the time we're like let's drive over there and we're like, let's do it. And we came out to support, and it was great. So if y'all want to get some drinks, she also bedazzles up these soup, these uh, Hennessy bottles, and like, it's <laughs> it's nice. <laughs> you know, you're over here laughing like bedazzle. I don't know about because anything is possible. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hey, does she do non-alcoholic? Yeah, drink? yeah, she oh, does non-alcoholic. Okay, because yeah, you know you can have them with just the regular uh, juice. The regular yeah. juice, but it's bomb. Oh, okay, it's bomb, and she but she sells out fast. Yeah. So get out there, Lake Mary. I don't know how often she's out there. She, you gotta follow her on Instagram. Yeah. It's little drinks and things. Yeah. Okay. Follow her on Instagram. 
hella hella good i think i only had two so i was like lightweight low-key buzz but were you on a good one out there oh yeah i was on a good one it was really good so y'all go ahead and nice day two that you remember (laughs) 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 like i said like you said anything (laughs) (laughs) but yes saucy we see you we appreciate your business and we just want to say right now i I see you. you All right, y'all. We thank you so much for sharing your, um, just giving visibility to those you want to just recognize. And yeah, just go ahead and tap into these uh, community announcements and we'll be back. Bye. Talofa Showalofa. This is your girl Afro Tainit. And if you're looking for a podcast that has a Pacifica lens with a little bit of black cocosan more on it, then go ahead and go to SoundCloud and look up Afro Tainit, A F R O T E I N E, and you'll find the real Totala. I'm going to give you the capital T in the real Totala. All right, y'all. Thanks for tapping back in. Now we get to chop it up with y'all, brothers. And only you about the work that y'all do. Uh, so earlier I mentioned that y'all have an organization called Ikuna, mm. and um, read a little bit about how it all, you know, how it all got started. I want to just really quickly read uh, y'all's mission, and then go over the goals of Ikuna. Is that cool? That's cool. cool. Okay. So Ikuna's mission is to e- elevate culture within the Pacific Islander community. The goals are to help promote and influence success in the following ways. Through family, which is to connect resources for families to learn the skills necessary to navigate successfully in society towards improved outcomes. Education, to increase higher education access for students at an earlier age that will provide better decision making for pathways to success. Career, to expose students to potential career options through internships and work experience with local businesses and partner organizations. And life, to raise awareness around challenges and issues that will help inspire and motivate our community towards living a meaningful life. Did I get that right, brothers? Yeah, sounds sounds good. (laughs) Uh, So the, I guess just the first question um, is to, you know, just tell us what inspired y'all to create Ikuna. Yeah, I think it's a long history of work that we have been involved in, um, you know, being here. Our, our folks got here in about, they got here 60, early, late 60s, 68. Yeah. And uh, so. Were any of you born? No, we were all born and raised all in Oakland. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so, um, you know, just seeing the the path that our parents took from the islands to here, mm. the struggle, the obstacles, defeating the odds. Yeah. And, um, you know, you know, our father, he started, you know, he was sweeping floors at East Mom Mall. I don't know if you guys are familiar with East Mom Mall, but, uh, you know, he did a lot of work throughout the community. And uh, and so the way that he connected to the community and how he helped uplift the culture and the people um, and actually sponsoring many families to come from the islands Mm. to the states. And so. Uh, as an ode to him, it was natural that we would connect that work to the work that we're doing and take it from where he left off and then apply the knowledge and the education that we've gained um, and to further that work. And so when we look at inspiration, 
there's so many pieces that we could draw from our culture, but it was pops and moms that mm. brought yeah. that fire. And then, um, and then connecting that to our culture, you know, our wayfinding culture in regards to finding our own way, that really is the root of what we're doing. So Nice. Was education always a, uh, a big thing pushed in the home? Education was number one. Mm. And, um, you know, my father and mother, she was a very good student. You know, moms was a very good student, very smart, very bright. Mm. But uh, when they came from the islands to, and this is an interesting story. So my moms and dad, they were in an arranged marriage. Mm. And so. Where 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 y'all from in Tonga? Shout it out. What time? So, um, you know, <laughs> Pops is from uh, Haapai. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then his family moved into Vava'u, Pangaimotu. And then Moms is from... Uh, Hakame in Tongatapu. Apart from Hafeva. Hafeva. Sorry, Hafeva. And so, um, yeah, education was key. And he saw that when they arrived. You know, Mm -hmm. Pops came over. He was a a good enough athlete that uh, Church College of Hawaii, now BYU Hawaii, was interested Mm -hmm. in that skill. And so he felt that it was more important for him to actually begin working uh, to support this future family. And Mm -hmm. so... Uh, so when we were born and raised here, he knew that education would be the path to success. Mm. Now, that's not, I mean, we know education can take us on different paths, but he knew that that knowledge would allow us to improve, help our future families and carry on tra- the tradition, uh, eventually helping our community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that was his vibe. He was a community man, you know. He was like a go-to person for new families coming from overseas. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like when we were young, we used to see people like, who is the people? Like just people coming in asking, how do we get a job? Or uh, how do I get my kid into school? So he would be like the ones taking them to the school, registering, helping mm-hmm. them to register their kids. He's a big old resource. Yeah, he was, he was, a like, resource. He was like a resource yeah. guy. And, and so, so we, we got to witness that firsthand growing up. Oh, Folks nice. living in the house. Who is this? Oh, this is so-and-so. Yeah. This is you your know, uncle. Hey, you got to you move know. to that room because yeah. someone's coming to live in this yeah. room for a little while. Uh, you know what community in that yeah. way. It's community. So, uh, so, so it, was, the, oh, it was always around y'all. Like, always. always. It, was, it was normal. Always. It was normal. Always. always. And, uh, and even though we were raised LDS, you know, in, the, in, to, in, to, in Tongan terms, Matakakai, you know, he was every, in every piece of the community. It didn't matter where you were from, mm-hmm. who you were, wh- how you worship. He was in every corner. So... As we navigate through the community now, and that name comes up, they're like, "Oh, yeah, yeah. we knew your dad." Uh, yeah, so okay, yeah. so that's y'all so, got a legacy. Yeah, we don't we don't take that for granted for one second. We know that 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 work needs to continue. So look at that. That's what's up. That's what's up. In yeah. uh, in your mission, uh, you know, you say elevate culture, right? Uh, could you please define what elevating culture means and how that shows up in your work? Yeah, I think um, I think we could spend hours on ele- on talking about <laughs> elevating culture, <laughs> but I think for me, because culture is always evolving, mm. right? Yeah, um, it evolves with. See, we're, we're no longer living in the islands; we're here in America, right? Um, or Australia, or Australia, or New Zealand. Or New mm-hmm. Zealand. You know, and um, obviously that's gonna change a little bit of uh, the culture in our experience yeah so uh for for us elevating culture just basically means like we have our traditional ways and we also have 
new ways of thinking and how do we incorporate that into our culture so that at the same time not losing integrity of our culture mm. mm-hmm. so elevating culture is like it's not like education like that's still to me how come we're still not graduating from high school mm-hmm. how come we're still not literate mm. how come we're not uh, at higher institution how come that's not ingrained into our pi identity yet i mean it's, it's starting to happen but and there um, are folks out there who and, are succeeding and in there education, are folks but, out there who but are, from a general sense yeah there are there are phds out there mm-hmm. but you know there you can count them on your fingers uh, mm-hmm. you know yeah. here i think there's some in new zealand yeah. australia but there's as a, a culture overall that that hasn't been ingrained into our children and so they're growing up in, you know, thinking like, oh, I'm not going to, I'm not smart enough. I, 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 I'm not good at school. Mm-hmm. Why? Why? You know, how come we're not changing that mindset early on and introducing them to all these different pathways that they can be successful? It's not just education, but what other things do you like? Mm-hmm. You know, and for, for, for me personally, it's like as I get older, I feel like culture is more important to me. Mm. And there are some some old ways that I wish that I'm not, I'm not really interested in that. But there are a lot of things that um that I know now that I want to incorporate into our culture. Like like just, just one example is like part of our culture is higher education. Like that's a I I'm teaching my kid is like go to school or find your passion and pursue that. Right, whatever makes you happy, and I, I feel like there there's this clash in in how we identify ourselves as as culture, especially for our young people, mm-hmm. and um, and also like losing themselves in the culture of the streets, mm-hmm. right? In social media, in social social, media. yeah. Like sometimes I'll, I'll I'll listen to a PI kid talking, I can't tell if he's uh, Hispanic or mm. African-American mm. or because they become a product of their environment right. mm-hmm. and they have lost touch with who they are. And it's not their fault. It's because we're not, we're not teaching it. Mm-hmm. You know, OGs are not teaching it. And so our OGs taught us, but now we've become OGs and we need to teach them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? So uh, I just, I feel like elevating culture is just lifting up our culture in a positive way, which includes education also cultural awareness mm. family um, engagement family engagement mm. and and tying all those things together so that they are proud of who they are mm. and the outside world is like man that's tight like i love what those T- tongans are doing the samoans are doing mm-hmm. like young kids right and so that's that's a little bit about you know how i feel about elevating culture yeah. well i also think well this is something that i tell young pi's all the time and that is um, being Tongan or Samoan is not a Halloween costume. Mm. Yeah. Right? You don't put it on on October 31st and then hang it up for next year. Yep. Right? That's something that you wear every day. Mm-hmm. Right? And elevating culture is cultivating that, mm. nourishing it. Yes. Right? I, I always think of elevating culture as, as a fire pit. And we got, we got to keep that fire lit. Mm-hmm. Right, somebody got to be throwing logs in there to keep that fire lit. Yeah. Right. That's us. Yeah. That's yeah. our responsibility. 
right? And so when we create awareness, when we heighten awareness to others to not have the stigmas associated to PIs, but rather we schooling them on who we are as a people, mm-hmm. that's elevating culture, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're getting rid of the biases and the ignorance pertaining specific to PIs, mm-hmm. but we're teaching them. That's elevating culture. That's right. Right. And, and I think uh, there's, a, there's a disconnect with a lot of young people today. I've made a lot of references to young people, even though I think we're still all relatively young. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm talking about like my children. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not going to have the same experience as we did mm-hmm. growing up being a Samoan, being a Tongan, right. being Fijian. Right. It's different now mm-hmm. because there's the, you know, our parents, like our kids would say, oh, man. They're not OGs. They're fobs, right? Yeah. Man, but the fobs taught us something. Right. And they taught us how to love, mm-hmm. right? And so um, just to kind of bring it back to today, our responsibility is to not just elevate culture, but elevate our awareness mm. about who we are mm. as a people and who I, who am I, mm-hmm. right? Because identity is a big thing, right? right? right. And, which is something that we discussed earlier in the podcast, um, and so we want to we want to be able to carry that over. And how do we teach young people to contribute, be meaningful, to make meaningful contributions to the fire, so that we keep it lit? Mm. Keep it lit. Huh. Hey, hey, hey. Yes, um. in more ways than one, right? Huh. And I, and I feel like I mean, thank you, thank you for that explanation because what I, what I took away from all three of you is that. You know, the, the generation underneath us, right? The generation underneath us coming up is going to have a different experience than we did because we still had the connection right. to the roots right. because the, the elders in our lives came from that, right? right? Or come from that. And how being here, we all, all of us have dual identities, right? Because we right. we are Tongan, we're Samoan, we're Fijian, we're Palauan, we're Chamorro, we're, yep. you know, we're all of the all of the different ethnicities, but we also are, I always hate owning up to this, but we're also American, right? Or yeah, we're also like true. of that's the right. Western society, the, the Western way of thinking. And it's like, we have to code switch, yeah. if you will, right? Yeah. We have to code switch at home. We have to code switch out on the streets or in school. Um, and what I'm taking away from elevating culture is uplifting our culture to be just as important, if not more, than what we are, than uh, how we're living as um, uh, in the in Western culture. Yep. Yeah. Right. Because because uh, going back to that term fob, right? Like we are taught that that means that fobs are those who come from the the islands are less than us because their English is bad because they don't understand the ways of out here. But yet where are we with our cultural compass, right? Of like, where is our, um, where is our identity as, as Islanders, right? Right. Because we are still connected to that, even though we are from here. Yeah. You know, we visited, uh, SF state was at one of the Mm tour school and we had a chance to meet up with a Fijian professor. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know, he yeah. spoke to the to the high school kids there, and man, to he me, one of us. Uh, one of the most powerful statements he made, like before he said anything, he's like, first and foremost, I am a Fijian." Hey. Like he didn't say, "I'm a, you know, I'm not a PhD, <laughs> I'm not this, I'm not that." He's like, first and foremost, I want you to know, I'm a Fijian." Word. That's powerful. Yeah, you know, for like a lot of our kids, they don't 
they don't carry that with them. You know, it's like that's that's a that's in the back seat. Yeah. Right. But for us, it's like don't be don't be ashamed of who you are. Mm-hmm. Don't be ashamed of your story, of your of your parents coming here looking for a better life. Don't right. hide that. Better like opportunity. That, yeah. yeah. And and like our culture needs to be part of mainstream. Mm-hmm. It it doesn't need to take a back seat. Right. Like so, our our, our arts, our dance, our music. That needs to be mainstream. You need to carry that with you wherever you go. It's not just for entertainment. No, it's, not, it's sacred. Exactly. No. It's sacred. Exactly. You know, I'm so sick of. I'm very anti like luau yeah. and all and all <laughs> of this. Yeah, you all of this dancing <laughs> stuff. You know, like no, we're not gonna do that no yeah. more. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I seen uh, one of y'all pictures that I guess at Laney College there was a kava ceremony. Yeah, that that was so mafana to see that right because it's like normally we would have some freaking I don't know. Just you know, dancing and yeah, luau type yeah. of thing, Being but trivialized, no. you know. Yeah, it was fu- that's funny because making it they making it a costume, yeah, yeah. right, it's making not, it a Halloween novelty. costume. It's yeah. novelty, to that. yeah. When we started working with the school district, they're like, oh yeah, maybe y'all can come and do a dance. I was like, nah, no, we're not, we're not dancing. That. Yeah, we're not yeah. doing. You know, good, and so good shit, talking brothers. about good you know, that's what I'm talking about. I like that part. You trademark that. So when it's appropriate, yes, but don't just tokenize us because you know that part. You know what I'm saying. So, yeah. yeah, and yeah, as, you, no. as we as we get older, we start to realize like um, the the power of that of the dance and the song, yeah. the singing, right? Sure. Like when 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 a young lady taulungas or does a siva, right? Mm-hmm. That's a big deal, yeah. Right? Yeah. It's a big deal, mm-hmm. and it, it's not for entertainment purposes only. I mean, it's only. not right? just entertainment only, but yeah. there's deeper meaning. Yeah, it has it. meaning, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. You know what you said earlier too about you know our culture not being uh, a Halloween costume. It made me think about this quote that I love from Doctor Hanani K. Trask mm. that um, you know our our culture can't be ornamental. Mm. Yeah. yeah, right. It has to be the core of our resistance, the core of our power, the core of our mana. It has to motivate and move us to exist in this world. It's you know like she says that. That's what like Waikiki is for, right? Yeah. And all that touristy stuff, right? That's that's not culture. Yeah. That's exploitation. Right. right? But the yeah. culture is like understanding your your genealogy, your your values, where you come from, knowing all of that. That is our yeah. culture. That's what's important to us. And yeah. that's that's one of the challenges today. Like yeah. I again me, just speaking from my prep my my perspective, um, there a lot of young people today, they're not taking time to learn and understand the past because they're, they're, they're so busy and fixated on the present. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that, that, what that, ha- what happens is that that builds a sense of uh, ethnocentric views, mm. right? You feel like you're superior, mm-hmm. b- but you forgot where that came from. Yeah. Right. And right. so that, that's part of elevating culture is schooling people on the past. Cause you got to know the past in order to know that's where right. you're going, man. Mm-hmm. I'm having I'm having a, a a little bit of trouble accepting the the schooling people thing. Oh yeah. Just because I feel like, you know, um when when we say schooling it's like this is what it is and you better understand it versus like letting them know what's up and them, you know, taking letting them take it. I got you. Letting yeah, them yeah, take yeah. it, you no, know. You're right. But but that's just that's just me. Right. I mean, it's it may not be the your intention, but I just feel like when school like I know Maybe because that's how I was. Um, yes. That's how it's always used around me. It's yes, like school. I'm gonna school you. Yeah. I'm gonna school you in this uh, game yeah. of spades real yeah. quick. Or I'm gonna school yeah. you in some dominoes. 
So like to be schooled, it, it feels like it's forced upon versus versus like presenting it, letting as you an know option. what's up. Yeah. You know, yeah. letting you know what's up, and it's like it's yours for the taking. Yeah. Got you. That's no, that's, I'm out. No, no, it's all no, it's good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. framing. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. framing. Yeah. framing. Yeah. <laughs> all about framing. Yeah. I really like that, you know, going back to just um, our culture, you know, our culture just kind of being just used in like just like in educational platforms as like ornament ornamental practices yeah. instead of like ceremonial practices, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. because that's that's initially if we want to go back to history, like that's when those dances were done more in in ceremony settings right, never right. in like hey let's sell it's birthday you know now right. we see birthdays uh freaking like every first second third birthday is yeah. like there's a tawalula and it's yeah. like wait a it's minute a money, it's a money dance yeah it's a money, it's a money, dance. money dance you know and damn then, money dance and we do it without having intention yeah you know we just we're just unconscious of like we just want to do it because we do it for the culture we want to represent and yeah. we want to show no yeah. no if we want to tap into like the real reasons like we're actually calling forward our ancestors you know we're right. acknowledging people you know we're like giving reverence you know there was no reverence in this in our in our dances right. and just certain things that are supposed to be ceremonial but it's it's something that needs to be taught you know yeah. it goes yeah. back to like and it has to be people that approach our young people with like gentleness and kindness oh, yeah. you know because I'm I'm one that's not too sharp with our language, and I'm now learning our language. But yeah. <clears throat> we practice it. Huh? We practice. That's a shout out to someone, some you know. And I have, certain, <laughs> yeah. and I have, and I have certain cousins that you know will just kind of like demean me when I try to speak Samoan. So yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm not speaking in front of you. Right. And then I have spaces where we have like our little Samoan soundbite crew that where they're just constantly empowering me, even yeah. when I butcher yeah. the words, you know. So it's like, that's how it should be, though. It, that's know? how it should be, but that's it's not necessarily be. always, you know. <laughs> yeah. So it's just. It's how how can we how do we cre- how do we duplicate? I feel like this is like the the um, the DNA that I would love to like my children to be exposed to. You guys have yeah. this love, compassion, and eye for people that um, are not too educated or not too skilled in language and culture. I feel like you you three have this 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 natural way of just approaching them with kindness and and um, love. Like how can we we um, how can we teach this? Yeah. Like, how do we yeah. duplicate this type yeah. of DNA to those who are listening, to those who are not familiar with this type of love, you know, and the, and the experience that you guys come from? Like, yeah. how do we duplicate this? Yeah, so, look, so I think when we were doing the um, the ceremony at Laney College, the Kava ceremony, mm. it was important for us to find OGs who are teachers of the culture. Yeah. Like, we're not going to try to do a half, you know, like, we wanted to make this as uh, authentic. authentic as mm. possible. And so we were lucky enough to find uh, these, these men who, who actually perform, who have titles, mm. who, who, who are, um, what are you, talking chiefs. Yeah. Mm. And they came and they, they actually taught the boys uh, and all of those who participated, like the purpose, why we do this, mm. and how, how everything has to be. Like, it wasn't like we just didn't just make this up. Like, we actually got people who know it who to come teach us. That's elevating culture. Elevating and that's culture. elevating culture. So if, if we're going to do something like that, we can't be just making up stuff, right? right? right. We got to go find the people who know the history, They're who know how to teach bishop. it. Yep. And so we, we were lucky enough to, to know these men who actually do this stuff. And they were more than willing to come and teach these young boys and and these girls there how to do it. Mm-hmm. And for for me, watching them that night, it was powerful because yeah. you saw a lot of them were they were like emotional about it. 
because they've never been part of a cultural ceremony like that mm. you know and it was it was so great for them to connect with that part of their culture so we had Samoans we had Fijians wow. Tongans and you know every every uh, island nation has their version of the kava ceremony yeah so it wasn't like this brand new stuff so they knew <coughs> something about it but to actually get taught by people who actually perform these ceremonies it was very powerful yeah it was yeah. very powerful and um and and to add to that i think born being born and raised in oakland and being able to work in oakland we've been able to connect with the kids because we could speak to their truths we could speak to their identity we could speak to the challenges that they are going through mm -hmm. and i think uh you know to address you bex the ability to make those connections and um and being able to speak to folks on a level that's understandable i mean we could we could sit here and speak academically mm -hmm. And uh, and I think that's the challenge that we face when we're working with with uh, with the kids in Oakland is that, you know, we'll take them on a campus tour or we'll have folks come in and talk to them. And two minutes into that presentation, the kids are they're gone. They're gone because yeah. yeah. they don't understand the level of what what it is they're trying to express. Mm. And so but I think uh, as we navigate through our community, it's important, number one, that we're from the same community. That's right. That part. And number two, we understand the same challenges that they're facing within their homes as well. And we can speak to that comfortably and in a way that they understand. And mm -hmm. so uh, there's a lot of power in making that connection and helping those kids feel comfortable when they can express some of the frustrations that they face within their own homes mm -hmm. or within certain spaces that they are, you know, they're navigating. And so, um, you know, I certainly yeah. appreciate you know, you saying how do we replicate this DNA? Uh, but those but are that, two ingredients. But right those there. are those yeah. ingredients those are that the you ingredients need. Right there. And many of uh, you know. I think a, a, another thing that helped us was like we left home early. Like when we were seventeen, our pops told 17. us that we need to leave Oakland. Mm. Like he was like, you need to go somewhere else and get some experience. Wow. On just life. like that. Just like that. And so See? so he he shipped us off. He had a sister that lived in Salt Lake City, and like. We never spent time in Salt. I mean, maybe we were in and out, but we never spent long periods of time. Mm -hmm. So in the 80s, Salt Lake City was like, that was like a culture shock for us to move from Oakland, Oakland from to Salt Lake City. Yeah. And so we were out there 17 years old, like figuring out, okay, what, what are we doing? What are we doing out wow. here? Like, he's like, go to, go to college. Mm -hmm. So we had to figure out, I went up to the University of Utah, figuring out how to enroll how to pay for tuition financial aid yeah like, you know wow. all that it's stuff crazy right? like he, he just kind of expected us to figure it out and he kind of just threw us out there and said you guys go out there spend some time away from oakland it, it'll be better for you mm -hmm. than just staying here he was right on that for you know so so we were it's all so important <laughs> to get out yeah so yeah, yeah. Yeah. Out, yeah, right? yeah because because your perspective opens up yeah, you know right. like you start to see the world differently and so I think if it wasn't for those experiences, that that is part of who we are now, because we've we've been to a lot of places, but there's no place like here. Can uh, I can I ask right. a specific mm. question? Sure, sure. Because uh, this might be helpful to you know uh, our LDS listeners, you yeah. know, and and have a better understanding. Because I know a lot of young people um, either they're in school and then they go. They're actually just waiting to go serve their mission, right? Or they'll uh, they'll they'll want to serve their mission first 
and then complete school after. Right. Did you all um, serve a mission? Uh huh. Yeah. 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 Oh, nice. I was. Where uh, did you all serve? I was in Sydney, Australia. Wow. And then uh, Tongan speaking. Tongan speaking. And then uh, spent some time in Papua New Guinea. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So PNG. PNG. That's yeah. what's up. So do you do you know how to speak uh, the dialect in the area that you were in? Uh, in it was New a Guinea? variations, very pigeon like. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, that was I mean thirty years ago. Yeah. Ninety. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. What about you, Ty? Yeah. I, I was in I was in Bolivia, South America. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. So I was down there during the cocaine wars. Man. Ooh, dang. Yeah, there was a lot of uh, that movie blow, huh? U.S. raids <laughs> oh, and stuff. <laughs> U.S. The cartel, raids. the cartel. cartel. Yeah. Hey, what about you, Fecky? I served in Panama, La República de Panama. Ooh. Ooh. Okay, papi. So, <laughs> suave, man, suave. <laughs> <laughs> suave, Rico. <laughs> <over here. laughs> hey, do it for the culture. Do it hey. for the culture. <laughs> would you guys? Would you all recommend, uh, you know, for students who want to serve their mission to do that first before completing college, or should they complete college first, or it, there really isn't? Yeah, maybe there's not. Yeah. I think students. Uh, I think uh, young folks need to figure out where they are. Mm. You know, what place are you at? Are you, you know, is, you know, because they just changed the age recently, like a few years ago to 18, used to be 19. So now when you, high, could, when you, when you could go, when oh, young okay. men can when, go. When oh, okay. And then they dropped the age for young women to from 19. 21 to 19. Mm. And so, um, you know, there's no right answer to your question. Okay. But um, what we see is that students will transition directly. A lot of our PI students will transition directly into a mission. And many, and many of them do that because one of two reasons. One, they're ready to go. Yeah. And number two is I don't no have plan. a plan. They don't have no plan. I don't plan. have a plan. Mm-hmm. I'm that's just going to go do yeah, this. Right? That's what it seemed like for some and of the so, students I've worked with. And so, um, you know, it, it's up to the individual. Mm. Um, you know, it just depends on, you know, how they view what their pathway looks like and, and they go and do it. So. That's what's up. Yeah, it just it and also it depends on their their maturity level. Mm-hmm. Cause it's a big thing to go to a third world country. You know what I mean? If all your life you've been living in the Bay Area, and then you talk, you get sent to some no name place. Can you survive out there in that yeah. environment? And if you got to learn a different language, mm-hmm. are you yeah. willing to learn a different language? So there's you know there's a lot of questions to be asked, and mm. you know that 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 individual really has to think about it if they're willing to give up some time 18 months or two years right. yeah to be out doing this right the one right. thing that we hope um is that students if they want to go to school is many of them wait to do all the paperwork like get admitted all of that can be done and then deferred mm-hmm. and many of our students are waiting to come back, back after that period of time and then they're behind because they oh. didn't have all these ducks in a row right. before they left and so we always encourage to get that paperwork done Get those scholarships because they're deferrable mm-hmm. and have all of that ready when you get back. Um, you don't have to wait. So That's what's up. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just going to assume that the demographic is Pacific Islander students that you all work with, right? That you all target. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's, our, that's yeah. our goal. That's is, right. that, is that intentional? And if so, why? Very intentional. Um, do you want me to speak on that? <laughs> okay, I'll speak on that. I mean, um, you know, a lot of our work in Oakland is, uh, you know, we graduated, you know, quite a few years ago, but as the population for PI got grew, 
you know, there were never any PI programs in Oakland ever. Mm-hmm. And so um, going over the last couple of years, we've had the opportunity to work directly with the district and actually, because as PIs, we're always grouped with API, right? right. Asian Asians. Pacific Islanders. Right. right. So we get lost in that in that data. Mm-hmm. And so over the last couple of years, OUSD has helped to disaggregate that data. That's yeah. what's up. And so by disaggregating that, we can see the true colors of how we are performing as students in OUSD. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, of course, as we look at the data, we are performing at almost the very bottom of many of those subjects, math, science, mm-hmm. Um, English, English mm-hmm. literacy. Mm-hmm. And so um, the reason that we're intentional with working with our PO, PI folks is because we understand that there are some struggles and we're trying to get to the root of why this is occurring. Yes. Yeah. And um, I mean, we could do work amongst other populations. I mean, several populations, Southeast Asians, Blacks, Latino. Mm-hmm. I mean, many of us are struggling. But when you look at that data, the numbers don't lie. Right. We are close to the very bottom. And so as we work through the school system and work through our students, how can we help impact, elevate, motivate, inspire our students to do better? And well, so, I mean, that's a perfect way to segue into this next question about like so many people from our community will say that, uh, you know, education ain't for everybody, right? College ain't for me, or that's, that's just really not the route I want to take yet. I feel like we can all be testament to the fact that like, if you want it, you can get it. Yes. It's yours for the taking, right? Like even to say that, you know, we Mm -hmm. perform so low on all these different benchmarks and these different subjects, like, Thinking back to our ancestors being wayfinders and, you know, overcoming a lot of the challenges that were in our way, those things are ingrained in us, right? We were and are scientists. We are mm. uh, holders of um, history, right? Like we know our genealogy. If you yep. if you say where you're from, we can connect to different, mm-hmm. you Quick. know, to different people quickly, instantly, yep. right? And just so many subjects. So, so many people, especially in our community, will say that education is not is not a path for me right how how does ikuna respond to that narrative i, I mean take I, that? Uh, let me just uh, add yeah, something to ahead. that i just want to say that like education comes in many forms it's not just going into a school building and opening up textbooks Word. so that's part of the our work as well is that if if school is not their thing what other pathways can we introduce to you that will allow you to be successful and mm. be a productive citizen in our community. You know what I mean? Right. Like not everyone is a is a is a good student, mm-hmm. uh, but that I doesn't wasn't. but but that doesn't mean <laughs> that you can't be a, a productive, right. you know, um, contributing to society when you get older. Right. So what does that look like? Well, here's here's some trades. Here's some right. other skill that you could pick up and have a good good career and take care of yourself and your family. Yeah, just to add on to what Ty said, I think um, a lot of what we do is primarily revolves around education, Mm -hmm. but also the additional pathways that exist within education. I I get it. College is not for everybody. Yeah. It it, it just it's just the the truth. Mm -hmm. Um, But but what are your interests? You know, what do you feel is going to be right for you? What does your heart say you want to be? Yeah. Right. And we can help you navigate which route to take. 
instead of just taking the traditional model of education, right, you take yeah. all your general education requirements, and then you, and then, I don't know, say you're a communications major, then you take all your upper division courses. But some of our kids, maybe they want to just get a certificate in construction management. Maybe they want to do welding, yeah. mm-hmm. machine technology, culinary yeah. arts. Mm-hmm. But how many of these kids are actually being exposed to that? Mm. Right? Yeah. Right? How, how much exposure are they getting? That's crucial, right? Yeah. And so what, 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 what might happen in an urban community is not happening in a suburban community, right, right? Mm-hmm. in terms of exposure, mm-hmm. right? So let me give you an example. I think, um, so in East Oakland, in deep East Oakland, at the top of the 98th Hill, mm. there's Bishop O'Dowd, which is yeah. a private school. Mm-hmm. But six blocks down from Bishop O'Dowd, it's Casamont High School. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the kids in the hood, they can't go to Odell. They got to go to Casamont because they can't afford to go there. Mm. Two schools in the same close proximity, right. what's being taught at Odell is not being taught at Casamont. Mm. Right? So, you know, that this is where we come in and we say, hey, let's look at what's being taught there. These opportunities are available to you. And here are the Same. resources. Yeah. I freaking love it. Yeah. Damn. And Jeez. so, yeah, I mean, we, we don't claim to be the answer, right. but or we the, can be but, the option. Yeah. yeah, you know yeah. Y'all, yeah. Pro- y'all providing we're solutions. Providing, we're providing solutions. You're providing right. solutions. You your bishop card on this one. Yeah. one. What? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you were bishop on one. Uh, That's what I'm talking about. I mean, education, cool, but knowledge is power. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So it's important that we have the knowledge so that we can do better. All tying back to elevating culture. We don't know better. We can't do better if we don't know better. So many of us who know better, we need to to help that process within our community in such a way that it's respectable and accepted in the form of, hey, we're all trying to move together. Mm. We riding together, right? Right. right. So that's where where we're headed. That's crucial, man. I mean, even, you know, what's, what's, what's really dope is that, like, how you said there was no programs back in the day, right, for... For our young people, and even in my generation, there weren't really uh, right. a lot of programs. I mean, there was, I was a part of a program that was like a continuation school for PI kids, but then it opened up to, um, you know, folks from impoverished, uh, the impoverished community to right. be able to go to the acquired credits and shit like that. But I mean, what's really dope is that y'all are being um, solutions, right? Y'all are being what we didn't have right options, right yeah. back in the day y'all are being options an option that a lot of you know our, i hope our folks are uh taking because i mean damn i just i love it you know i just love the word which is a perfect uh way for us to segue into the option like let's talk about the literacy program cool. that you guys have going on you know like just talk a little bit about that like what is it about <clears throat> and so i i'll just throw it out there like uh i think Pacific Islanders were were we the lowest? We were the in, lowest in uh, OUSD as far as literacy rate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, that's yeah. reading. That's the ability to read the ability and comprehension. To, the reading mm-hmm. and comprehension. Yeah. Like we were at the bottom. the bottom, and so. But um, on top of that, real quick, Ty, we were at the bottom of literacy rate. But correct me if I'm wrong, Jay. We were at the highest for suspension rates. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, one suspension. of the highest. We were one of the highest. One of the highest. Absenteeism. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we were looking at all these categories, but yes, literacy is one that we're working on. But let's not forget, we miss up to two months of school in a school year, our students. 
That's what we, we said. Were, like, yeah, we were like, huh? We miss up to two we months. We miss up to two months. And that, oh, you know, shit. there's... That's a lot of school. That's, yeah. you know, of course, if you look at what's going on within our uh, families, you have weddings, you have funerals, sometimes out of the country. Mm. Sometimes we do that Christmas visit to the islands, right? Right, mm. yeah. And we're gone. But our sis- school system's just not quite there yet in regards to how do we address these cultural... Right. Um, events that occur in our students' lives rather than punishing how do we work together to make it work, right? Mm-hmm. And so, anyway, we're kind of off topic, but but leading back to literacy, there are so many different other op- uh, boxes that we are looking at, that, uh, you know, to help our students, you know, work through and, and be as successful as they can be. So Yeah, so one of the things that we're working on is, like, maybe, maybe they're not interested in reading because they don't see themselves in these stories. Right. You know what I mean? Right. They don't, yeah. Maybe they're not interested because this doesn't relate to them. That's why they're not interested in reading. So, so part of that was, like, okay, let's find material or content that's relatable to the PI community and will pique their interest to start reading um, even if they're just they're simple storybooks, but to get into the habit of reading and then seeing a story that's relatable to their to their home mm. and their environment, mm-hmm. and so I think that's key. That's that's the first step that we're we're working to. Yeah, yeah, we're not going to pretend that we are. Yeah, we're not. We're teachers. not teachers. We're not teachers of you know, how to read. We, but. we uh, I mean, we could be the facilitators for those Come resources. On. That's right. You know that's right. That's right. You know, <laughs> we facilitate <laughs> but, the community, the community <laughs> folks. And you guys mentioned earlier that's going to be in Tongan language, yeah? Uh, yeah, so. Yeah, but so to back, just backtrack a little bit. So this literacy work that we're doing, we weren't even interested in mm. at we first. Didn't, we didn't want, we didn't want, the, we didn't want that work because we looked at our, um, you know, our, our education and, and we're like, we, we can't teach reading. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we had a great discussion with the school district and they're like, well, why don't you come to us about how you can contribute and then let's see if we can make it work. Nice. Yeah. And so we went through and rewrote the proposal in a form that would allow us to express literacy, not only in reading, but also in these different forms. Right. So spoken word, yeah. arts, dance. music, yeah. dance. Yeah. And so um, and then on top of that, be do some research on how to get materials that would express who we are and how we look in these books. Mm-hmm. And so through some connections, uh, we made some calls to New Zealand because obviously New, New Zealand and Australia accept a lot of our people. Right. Yeah. They're ahead of the, and they're ahead of the game. Of you can yeah. see it. You can see it in their in, in their everything. programs, their mm-hmm. curriculums. So yeah. why recreate the wheel? Right. right. And so we made some calls. They introduced us to all of their storybooks in every PI language, not just Tongan. Mm -hmm. And so we have in our possession now, you know, multiple books that show our faces in them, right? And they're in English and in Tongan, but also any other language that we have students for. Samoan really is the other, um, you know, population in OUSD. Mm -hmm. We don't have a lot of others, but but we have access to it, so... I love that the the fact that you all were able to see the data, you see the need. You didn't want to do it, but you formed a strategic partnership to ensure that that the work gets done. Yep. Yeah, yeah, man. And so hats off to yeah. So we're piloting yeah. program. Yeah, we're it's piloting. A, it's, a pilot and a, program. it's a pilot program. So if it works, which we you know highly anticipate is going to, because nothing's being done. Yes. Um. So shout out to Reach Academy. Shout out to uh, Horace Mann. 
Parker. Shout out to Parker Elementary, right. Laurel Elementary, and uh, Madison Park, which have the highest populations of PI students. And so we've reached out to the parents. We went to each of their uh, par- back-to-school nights. They were excited. They to were see excited. It. Met with the parents yeah. who came. We're like, you know, we got numbers. We exchanged. So we're moving on the path to allow for these books to actually go into their homes and allow it's for parents to work, speak you with, you know, yeah. read with their children. Yeah. So it's groundbreaking. Um, so that's just a little glimpse into the work that we're doing. And we don't pretend to know everything, but we're moving in yeah. the right direction. Yeah. You know that's what I'm right. saying? That's right. So doing it for the culture, you know, <laughs> for the culture with a Q. <laughs> when does the when does the program launch? Uh, launches uh, this month. That's what's this up. month. Okay. So and then how long of a period is this gonna? It's just gonna uh, through the school year. Oh, nice. Through the school year, so principals are on board. Um, you know, we're in the process of uh, solidifying the teachers who are partner with us. Mm-hmm. And they are very intentional about having us work with the teachers, which is cool, but we could deploy this work in the community right away. Ourselves. And And so there's this bureaucratic process that must take place within the school district for them. Okay, which teacher has time? Well, no teacher has time because they're already overworked and underpaid. Right. And so we're like, you know what? Let's pull this work into the community. We could start now. But they're like, okay, well, let's do, you know, we still need to take a few steps and so understanding that system mm-hmm. is very crucial <laughs> to Frust- us. It's very frustrating. It's very frustrating. I, I yeah, bet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So when it get when bureaucracy comes in, yeah. it, it's fucking. Sorry, excuse me. No, it's irritating. It, it's you know irri- what I mean? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Because it's like we like y'all are essentially cultural brokers. Y'all telling these people what can be done, and maybe there's funding available so that this work could be given out to the community because right. right. we can be the best ones to. To do it for ourselves, right? Do it for the culture. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and shout out to all those other organizations that are doing work. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? They, there's a lot of people out there putting in this work, but, you know, we yeah. take the knowledge that we know and the barriers that we faced growing up and understanding the Oakland culture Word. and the, you know, things that we had to fight through in the school district and understanding that process is a whole beast in itself. Mm. Yeah. And so learning how to operate that and being patient enough, mm-hmm. knowing the outcome that this is going to have amongst our community, mm-hmm. it's important. So you deal with those minuses in order to get the pluses. You know That's what I'm saying? Right. That's yes. right. It's all check and so, balance, yeah. right? Yeah. Check and balance. Well, I know you said that like the parents were very responsive to this happening. Have you all experienced any pushback uh, in terms of the work that you all are, are doing from the community? I don't, you want to say, I don't, I don't think I've, we haven't experienced any pushback. I yeah, mean, mo- yeah, mostly been very positive, just uh, stepping onto the scene. Um, and if there is some pushback, we're not hearing about it. <laughs> okay, uh, and saying it behind yeah, your back. Yeah, and, and, if, and if there is, we're more than open and happy to work with anyone who wants to contribute to the work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we grown. So, uh, you know, if there's any chatter out there, we want to clear that up real quick. Right. Let's have a conversation sure. about yeah, it. Let's right? have a conversation. Yeah. Ain't nobody going to be mad. We're uh, going to talk about it. We got nothing but love for our community. Because um, that's part of our work, too, is like to unite the, the community as well. And like our being out there doing this work is in no way, shape or form saying that we're telling you what you got to do. Yeah. Right. Like we're here. Here. Here is a menu of options. And 
these are some of the things that could help your child be successful. Mm. Right. And we do it in such a way that is, is not threatening or condescending. Mm. But I think we our, our family's been in, in Oakland for such a long time that we have um, that we have respect. Mm. And and they know that our intentions are genuine. Yeah. And so it's not like we're asking people for money. We're not none of that. Everything is like is free to the community. Here are the services available to you. And for me, it's like, I don't understand if there is somebody who's pushing back on that. Mm. It's like, there is no ulterior motive but to help our PI community. That's it. That's the bottom That's line. It. That's, That's it. it. That's it. That's it. We don't you ask know. for nothing. We don't want nothing. But we just we want to be of service. Just want to be of service. Yeah. And here are the opportunities. Yeah. It says, it's almost as if it's like, you know, like your fatongia to the, to the community, right? It's right. like, yep. it's just... You want to do this. It's not something that you're forced to do. Right. Right. That's what's up. Um, I also seen that. So you're all working with elementary uh, level students, even middle school, I believe, um, and definitely college students. But we've seen that you all recently had a, uh, a retreat with Pacific Islander students who are seniors in yep. OUSD. Yeah. Tell us about, you know, what, what was the goal of having a retreat with them and how did it go and, well, yeah, what was it all about? Well, me and Jay, uh, me and Jay went on that retreat. Yeah, can, we were on that retreat. It. Oh, okay. Um, but we took uh, about 15, was it? Four, yeah, 14, 14 or 15, 15 students, students uh, juniors, and they're mostly seniors, we but have, there are a couple of juniors. Yeah, we have 30-plus seniors, Wow. but we could only get less than half of them to come out. And, and a lot of that was who's going – why are you going? Mm. Who are you spending the night with? Permission uh, slips. Permission slips. You know, right, working with minors. Yeah, yeah. 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 And uh, definitely a first, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so it was an opportunity to get the kids away from the city and put them in an environment that will allow us to learn more about them as individuals mm. um, and then also help them develop their story. Mm. I mean, it's interesting when you sit down with some PI youth and you're like, what's your story? And they're like, oh, mm. I don't know, mm-hmm. you know, and so how do we, uh, the purpose of it was to, uh, you know, do college tours. So we did SF, SF state and then UC Santa Cruz. And then we spent some time in a, a little getaway retreat, retreat center, mm-hmm. had a pool, um, opportunity for us to do workshops and have them and ask questions very candidly about anything they, they wanted. Yeah. Um, we yeah. also, um, and this retreat center was out in the woods. So yeah, I was kind of nervous. I was like, man, we go with these poly kids and be running through the woods, <laughs> chasing them at night. We're nighttime. used to the city. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was nothing out there. It was. But the yeah. one good thing is they had a swimming pool there. Yeah. So they was occupied with the swimming pool, like, for the whole Doing night. Cannonballs, Doing cannonballs. Trying to stay each other. <laughs> could have stayed one more night. There would have been no more water in the pool. <laughs> Either that or there would have been a fire up there in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> It's a ceremony, ceremony. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but again, bringing just bringing exposure, putting them in a different environment, um, you know, helping them understand that when you move throughout these different spaces, this is what it looks like. And um, but it was great, man. A lot of firsts this last yeah. year. Um, the retreat was a great. I mean, it was a good opportunity to have some students say. Man, I wish I didn't have to do this. If I go back, this is what I gotta do. Mm. And we're like, well, what? What do you mean with this? What you gotta do? I really don't want to do this because I want to do these things. Yeah. But mm. these responsibilities that I'm a part of 
require me to do these other things. So of course we um, want to be in those moments that are yeah. feel. You know, I'm sure right. their cups were filled. Oh yeah, oh, yeah from yeah, being a part of that. Because um, you know, it goes back to what you all like. Your one of your pillars is exposure, right? Yeah, yeah. you're exposing them to yeah. some completely different. Yeah, and to watch them like relax was really <laughs> put their guard put down. put their guard down yeah. it was yeah. really nice so uh, nice. a lot of firsts that was a first last year we uh we did we, the college retreat yeah the college night college first night. pi college night where we had nearly 70, 70 75 ti yeah. students come through yeah um all OUSD. that's what's up uh-huh. <laughs> nice. and then um we had another first. oh we did the honor roll which honor was roll. uh we were a part of the second one um, which we held at Laney College, where we uh, celebrate students uh, 3.5 and higher mm. or have increased their GPA um, on the education side. So that's great. And it was like standing room only. Uh, yeah, it was, it was held so at Laney College. Like that's all the up. families came out, and I that's think it was up. a it was a nice celebration yeah. for we, families uh, to watch their kids like be recognized. For their academic achievement, yeah. and I don't think we do enough of that. Yeah, we yeah. Uh, we asked that everyone come in their customary dress, and so it was cool to see the tradition out, you know. And so, really cool, mm. really cool. Uh, really, really quickly, just one last question from me. Anyway, from me cool. <laughs> is about um, this this type of work, right? And working with our young people, and I know that a lot of folks um, more so work with the low hanging fruit, mm. right? the easy-to-reach kind of students. Um, but I feel like you all cover a hot, you know, a range, right? You, you all work definitely try to work with those uh, fruit that are hard to reach. Yeah, yeah. Um, could you speak a little bit to that in terms of, like, uh, I don't know if you would call it the high-hanging fruit. I only, I've only yeah. heard the term low-hanging fruit, but just those the that are harder, yeah. those are, right. that are harder, that are harder to, to reach. Yeah, like, what's your, a strategy that you all do to work with? Uh, those folks I think this I mean for for I think something that we do really well is uh, build relationships mm. like before anything before we even talk about anything like education it's like so what's up you know what you up to who right. you know what what are you about you mm. know who's your family or how long you've been here like we we talk about um, just everyday things to kind of break the ice and to kind of establish a relationship yeah and um, I think that's a strategy that we we work really well. Uh, if it's not with the kid, it's with the parent. Mm. So we might know someone who knows the parent. Yeah. That's the key. And that's the key. And then connecting us with that that family. Yeah. And then like just shooting a text and say, "Hey, you got a few minutes?" Because they already know who we are, but we haven't met formally. So like for uh, for me to send a message to a parent and say, "Hey, uh, can your can your boy come to this thing?" They're like, oh, what's it about? You know, so then right there, the it's open mm. and the dialogue starts. Yeah. Mm. And then they start to learn, oh, okay, I mean, you know, we didn't know that the school was having this or that. Uh, but, you know, there was a kid that went with us on, the, or a couple kids that went with us on the retreat, really quiet, mm-hmm. didn't say much. And we're just like, man, what's, what's their problem, you know? Mm-hmm. But it, it takes time. So towards the end of it, they were the ones who were like, are we going to do this again? Yeah. You know, Hey man, I had, had so much fun. I didn't yeah. know it was going to be this much fun, right. you know, and I learned so much. So it, it, it takes time. It can't be forced, Yeah. but yeah. It, it takes time to like work, 
work our way into their lives and yeah. for them to be able to trust us. And we don't pretend to know everybody. Yeah. That's and that's sure. why it's important to actually build these relationships and right. nourish the relationships that exist within the community. Yeah. Everybody's connected to somebody. Of course, mm. yeah. And so, you know, the ability to do that on a level that's comfortable for that, that student or even the parent, because now you know how many parents are going to want their kids to go on that next year? All of them. All of them. All because them. they already heard. <laughs> and we they may already not heard. have space. You know, yeah, so. they already heard. So That's a good problem to have. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so. y'all. So in closing, you know, I want to just ask one more question because, you know, like we're totally getting lost at this time, which yeah, is a for great real. thing. <laughs> uh, but in closing, you know, we've already kind of expressed the definition of ikuna, which means victory. Um, describe to us some of your most victorious moments in your work. Um, I think uh, from the very beginning, the ability to walk confidently into a space that we are not used to. Mm. And um, and I mean, when you can walk into the mayor's office mm. or the superintendent's office mm. and have direct line of communication with those who direct the work within the school districts, who have the power, who have the power, power. to make change. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and being able to circumvent various obstacles and barriers that prevent us from getting to the true source of where change can happen. Mm -hmm. That's, to me, that's a victory uh, on being able to take everything that we've learned in education and how to navigate those systems. Instead of fighting the system, working within that system to actually get to where we want to go. And so, yeah. what use your privilege. Yeah, What's up, you know? Yeah. yeah. They For can't, real. I mean, they can no longer ignore who we are now. Come like, on. yeah. Because Definitely. of the, because of some of the work that we, we've done and the opportunities we've had to sit down face to face with the superintendent, the mm -hmm. mayor's office, mm -hmm. they can no longer say, well, who, who is who our PI people? Where, where are they? Like, we're here at the table and we're talking, we're telling you. Yeah. what's going on and the, and what are some of the the needs of our community right so i think that's a that's a ikuna moment right mm -hmm. there yeah when they see us and like when when we were going to to the board meetings when we go to the board meetings and the b people on the board are looking at us and smiling because they because we met with all Cause, of them cause right we met with we, all of them we now. know them you so know? we walk into a room where it's packed and people on the board are like Hey, that's the yeah. that's those guys. Yeah, that's that's the Yuguna guys. They're in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. They're in trouble. Yeah. Yes. That's um, victory. That's and, victory. Um, and and you know, I mean, using and also using. We don't, you know, obviously walk. We we've gone and got our educations, but when those powers come back and do the checklist of who are we speaking with, they cannot say we can't speak to them because of X, Y, and Z because yeah. we've checked all those boxes already. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So so even though that's a that's something that we don't like, that power, that privilege. Yeah. We have to move in that space in order to get to where we're That's going, right? right? Mm -hmm. And so we really feel um, blessed that, that those opportunities opened up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Ikuno will move forward as we develop those relationships. So, yeah, Just to add on to what they were saying, um, uh, there's a seat at the table for everybody, mm. right? And I think a lot of people don't know that. Mm -hmm. But there, there's space... Um, there's space at the table for everybody. There's a chair for everyone. And, and if think, there ain't one, you better make one. And you make one, you know right? Saying? And then this is the process that we've been able to go through, uh, not just as an organization, but as brothers, as Pacific Islanders, mm -hmm. right? Creating space. 
yeah. um, is, is a big thing um, in the 21st century. And acknowledging that you have a space at the table. When you have space, you have a voice. When you have a voice, you have power, mm-hmm. right? And with power comes privilege, mm-hmm. right? And then we get to benefit from all the perks of um, other folks have had that probably we didn't have the opportunity to have in the past, yeah. but now we do. Um, and I think what helped us uh, create this process was being being parents, being fathers, having mm-hmm. children, right? Mm-hmm. Learning how to cultivate and replenish um, those cultural values, mm-hmm. right? And instill that into our children. And so, I mean, if if you 20 years from now, maybe we might not be around, but this podcast or, you know, what we've said in the past might inspire somebody right. to pick up the work, right? right? Um, so hopefully this is just the beginning and this will allow to, to inspire other people, you know, to, to, to join the movement. Yeah. Y'all are leaving a huge legacy, you know, and crea- I mean, creating a big legacy. For sure. And, and what's really dope is that oftentimes we don't see our Pacific Islander men uh, doing the specific work like you all are doing. Yeah. Right. As I mean, there's always a lot of there's always a lot of uh, PI women in these spaces doing yeah. doing leading these kinds of movements. Right. right? Especially in community work. Right. Yeah. There's a right. lot of women doing the community work. Yeah. And so just, you know, we really tip our hats off to you you gentlemen and everything that you're doing everything that you all um, have created and stand for and believe in because y'all are really impacting change yeah we appreciate, appreciate for uh, allowing us to use your platform to do hey. it yeah man you know i'm proud of you proud of you guys yeah. for what you're doing <laughs> i mean anytime we see Polly's doing something great like man we we celebrate yeah, that we're we talking hate. about you know we don't saying? hate <laughs> It's like we man, don't discriminate. Yeah, we don't hate. We don't discriminate. We congratulate. Okay. You know, and so we're we're so happy for what you you're doing and the platform you're creating for us to have a voice. Thank yeah. you. And hope that other people doing great things can come in here and share their voice as well yeah. on what was going on in their communities because this because we need this. Yeah. Let us know how we can support y'all in yeah. any other way. Likewise. I mean, we're we're down to uh to participate so we down to we down to support too because you know we're not from oakland but we we got a lot yeah. of love for oakland we do we appreciate it um you guys from the bay area so it's all it's, it's all, all love it's all, all love, love. <laughs> <laughs> so just really quick how can folks get a you know tap in with y'all connect with y'all is like you guys have whatever social media or emails you guys want to put out yeah you, you could uh, our social media is uh, at ikuna ed mm-hmm. uh on ig uh, we got a Facebook page, but, you know, it's a work in progress when you're in community <laughs> work. You know, you juggle many hats. Right. Um, Y'all looking for interns to help yeah. you with that? Yeah. <laughs> put it out there. Put it out I'll there. I'll put it out there. Uh, you know, we're always looking for, uh, you know, folks who are willing to participate in the work. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can hit us up uh, through IG or you could uh, send an email to J Lauti, L-A-U-T-I at theikunagroup.org. Um, you know, I just want to shout out that uh, a lot of the work that we do through our clothing line uh, at Iguna Apparel, uh, all of those funds go to support this work. So, uh, oh, we're gonna put those yeah, links in the yeah. show notes so, so that folks can tap there. in and, um, and grab them. You know, we have a retail space in Oakland uh, mm. with Movement Inc. Shout out to Movement Inc. who put us on. Mm. Um, it's at uh, 3832 MacArthur Boulevard. Mm. Uh, slide through. We're there. Um, a lot of our workshops. A lot of our events are held at that space. Mm. And so, uh, you know, we'll put more info out on our website and on our IG as they come up. Certainly appreciate it. Look forward to hearing from y'all. 
Word. Again, man, I just want to say thank y'all for a lot of the Big victorious thanks. work that y'all are <laughs> yeah. doing. I swear, it's so yeah. dope. Victorious. <laughs> okay? Victorious and notorious. Hey. That's what I'm talking about. That's, That's what, what you're talking, talking about. about. Talking about. <laughs> you a uh, fool for that one, brother. I got to go on a shirt, man. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I mean, I know we can engage. Man, this has been a very fruitful and engaging conversation. Right. Uh, so, yeah, we really just appreciate y'all for taking the time and the energy to be with us on this platform. You know, this is how we uh, picky picky hama, right? Like yeah. we we just keep okay. our canoes right. closed. Uh, y'all didn't know. We didn't know. <laughs> now we know. <laughs> you really are on Tongan time. Yeah. <laughs> the honorary is Tongan. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Um, but as always, y'all can tap in with us on IG, Facebook, and Twitter mm-hmm. at For the Cultures with a Q and a S. And if y'all want to tap in with us, you could hit us up um, at, on email at ForTheCultures at gmail.com. Also, if you want to, if you like what you're hearing and you want to support the podcast to ensure that these conversations keep happening, we got a PayPal. <laughs> y'all want to okay. donate yeah. to? Yeah. 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 Uh, PayPal dot me backslash for the cultures i believe that's what it is we'll put it up you know on uh, all the links and everything like that um but before we get into the the closing closing piece anything else that y'all brothers have for us before we get up out of here no just thank you we just appreciate it man yeah thank you appreciate y'all so uh the way that we like to close out is we have this uh sentence and it's a fill in the blank right so when i think of blank i think of blank um and we'll 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 issue out the words and then you just say what comes to mind okay and we'll we'll do a a round table for this nice. cool okay so when i think of culture mm. i think of i can go first okay. I, when i think um, of culture i think of identity huh. when i think of culture i think about my ancestors mm. When I think of culture, I think about movements. Mm-hmm. When I think of culture, I think about progression. Mm. When I think about culture, I think about roots. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> roots and culture. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Mikey Dredd. Yeah. <laughs> okay. When I think of education, I think of. Hmm. I think of security. When I think of education, I think of access. Mm-hmm. I think of change. Mm-hmm. When I think about education, I think about power. Mm-hmm. When I think of education, uh, I think of outside of the classroom. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> uh, when I think of... Hmm. When I think of service, I think of... When I think of service, I think of our culture. Mm-hmm. When I think of service, I think about community. When I think of service, I think about love. Mm. When I think about service, I think about empowerment. Mm. Mm. Uh, when I think about service, I think about leadership. Mm. 
Why are you always trumping ours, man? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> because he's been uh, practicing. Or, or, or le, uh, what's the proverb? <laughs> ole ala y le pule ole tautua. <laughs> okay, and last one. When I think of victory, I think of... When I think of victory, I think of God. Victory what? shall be mine. Yeah. <laughs> when, I, when I think about victory, I think about Ikuna. Oh, he's so oh, yeah, he took That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> All right, he won. He won. <laughs> when I think about victory, I think about my family. Mm. When I think about victory, I think about overcoming. Uh, when I think about victory, I think of our ancestors. Mm. Yeah. All right, y'all. It's been a great episode, y'all. Thank you for tapping in. You know, it was a long one. It's a, yeah. it's a record, y'all. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's why you keep it to two guests, not three. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's been real fun to have all three of y'all. Yeah, and I know we could keep it going forever and ever, but thank you guys again. We really appreciate y'all. Listeners, we appreciate y'all tapping in. For sure. Thank you. Uh, as always, we'll see y'all next week. Tap in with us. Uh, power to the people. Mm. Are we out, y'all? Peace, love, and happiness. Bye. All right. That's a wrap. Ooh. What are we doing it for? We're doing it for the culture. For the culture. For the culture. For the culture. For the culture.